This is the It's Time to Refresh podcast with Brad Refresh, the podcast about life, music, traveling, shit, literal shit that is, and weird and wacky stories with Brad and a range of guests from the planet Earth. Feel free to share the pod with your pals, your mom, your neighbor's dog, or even your shrink. It's all fun. You can follow our Facebook group called It's Time to Refresh Community or It's Time to Refresh on Instagram. Write into the pod, ask questions, and share your stories. Enjoy the pod! Hey kid, what time is that? It's time to refresh! Uh, back once again with another episode. This is episode forty nine of the podcast. If I'm if I'm correct, um, we've got a repeat guest on. <laughs> yeah, no, well, it is forty nine. I'm sure of it because forty eight comes out today. I think. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, we've got a return guest, Dave Gray. How are we doing? Nah, then I'm good. <laughs> uh, we've got a good sort of. Um, we've got we've got a good feedback on the last one. A lot of people were happy to see you. On the pod. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. It's nice to have that people actually want to see me. No, no. A lot, I think a lot of people enjoy your stories, as, as I do. But, like, I think you've got a, a... I said, if you live closer to me, I think you'd be, like, a co-host. Because it's you've got a very uh, good thing about you where it's, like, you've. I think you've got a good... Is it charisma? Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. I'll take you, that. No, no, but you, you know where I'm coming from, right? Yeah. And it's like uh, a lot of people co- like commenting from up this way don't necessarily know who you are. We're saying, oh, he was a good guest. He had, he had like a, some some really funny opinions and like and what what not to say. So obviously yeah. you have to come back on it. Do you know what I mean? Part fair, two. fair enough. Well, I've had I've had plenty of practice doing this myself. Now I started doing my own podcast. <laughs> so, and, and because I always decided if I was going to do like something like that, I'm going to have to like put my voice on it because otherwise there's no point in doing it yeah and at first i was a bit like well i can't really be funny on my own <laughs> but, but now it's actually i've got used to it it's sort yeah it's like people people know what i'm like anyway so as long as i'm just being myself it's fine yeah oh you just need to crank it up a little tiny bit don't you just yeah. to, so people know what you're talking about um so since you've last been on you've been quite busy um we've talked about gigs and night when we're yeah. coming over in the car um so how's it been? How was how was your Christmas? And how was how, how's the Christmas? Uh, Christmas was a bit crap, to be fair. Oh. <laughs> right. Well, actually, right, I, I had I had COVID for most of it. Uh, I caught COVID just before before Christmas when I was meant to be going to see Ryan Walker with Amber because we, we were going to Gloriole's golfing, right. and then it's like I did, I did a COVID test over there because I didn't feel right, and it was like can't go now. Right. So Christmas had just been a bit boring. But well, it was obviously before a few weeks later, wasn't it? So, yeah, so. I apologise I couldn't make it down. I was in Nottingham, so I know it wasn't even oh, that far away. Uh, well, well to, to be honest, it's like a few people like struggled to get there because the, the trains, some of the trains broke down on the day. Yeah. Right, so it's like some people didn't get there until really late in mind. They'd sent me photos of them being on the train like four o'clock that afternoon. <laughs> right, so some people couldn't come until quite late. But anyway, I was out for most of it. The only reason I had a 40th was because it's like, you've got to have a 40th. It's, it's your last big birthday when people are still wanting to go out, really, isn't it? Yeah. And um, obviously, there was like loads of events on before that in the run-up to it. So what I did was I just went out to all them and they basically said, to, everybody said, look, if you can't make it to... If you can't make it to any of these events, you don't want to see me come to a birthday party. <laughs> then you can buy me a drink then. <laughs> 
Well, um, what was I going to say? That it looked all right. Like I, I seen, I seen you got a bit worse for wear when you put repeat statuses online. Oh God! Right, you know, <laughs> right. I don't even know how that happened, but all I remember is I typed that status out and I sat the couch. It's like I've, I've fallen asleep as I pressed post. Right, so it's like oh. I think it's like I woke up with a phone in my hand, and it's like later on that day, I was like. Why is this 70 of the same status? <laughs> it's like, because it, it, it was literally just a repeat post. And yeah. it's like, the only reason it must have done that is the internet must have gone down or something. And it's just like... I retried it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and because I'm falling asleep with a phone in the hand, it's like, and I've just had to put on the post button. It took me long. It took me longer to delete them, but it must have done to actually post them. So what was the crack with your fortieth? Then what did you do? I know that did did you had you booked somewhere else? I just seen... I just had a little like gathering in Leeds. I didn't actually because everyone was saying, "Oh, can, are you going to have an event?" I was really like, "No, it's just like if I'm going to have a fortieth, it's just going to be a private party." Don't mean to start anything controversial or anything like this on the podcast, but I seen a comment someone put online, and it was, um, "Oh, Dave's event's dead." And I was like, oh, hey. Mr. Scruton. I don't know. I, yeah, Joel Scruton. I seen the comment and I was like, he's not running an event, it's a birthday. Uh, I just thought, I was just like, oh, whatever. But it's... Yeah, Joel Scruton, the less said about him, the better. Okay, <laughs> well, but uh, but I, I think a few people have had dealings with him over the last year, shall we say. Oh, okay. It's, 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 it's just somebody who's started like crap from three years ago again because he, he needs to be relevant. Okay, I see, I see <laughs> so, what you mean. It just when I put this in the comment, I thought, oh, because when you sent an invite out on the on the, the, the Facebook page, I was just like, oh, right, well, uh, this is like a, obviously just a, a gathering of mates. Yeah. It's not exactly, you weren't running a club night or anything like no. that. No, it's like, yeah, I had it at a decent place in Leeds, but it was like, it was like six while 12 in the evening. It was, it was meant to be just like a gathering for me and my mates. I think I've seen a video, I think, Am was Amber, did Amber play? Yeah, Amber played for me. Um, Joe Long was meant to play, but um, he, he had a few like personal problems on the day, so he didn't come. But we did send him a birthday present in the post, which was quite nice. <laughs> and also, I had James Valentine playing, and Dave G, mm -hmm. who's a DJ from Bowie, he's played at Unity this year with us. Yeah. Um, but he's been playing out quite a fair bit recently. He's, he's actually at that Meltdown event today. Right. right. Well, so. I seen. Now we're on the subject. I seen that um, a couple of people commented on the last one we, that we did that yeah. we didn't talk about unity. So all right, we, okay. we can get into that. So did you go? For, was it the first time you went last year? The first time I went was twenty twenty, but I was meant to go in two thousand nineteen, mm. and I was actually booked to play because basically Ryan and Natalie Walker were having like juicy there as a brand, and they asked me to play for them. Yeah. Right, but I just couldn't go because I didn't have enough money at the time because mm. at the time I was literally just living off DJing. Yeah. And it's like, well, all the money I had when I was living off DJ was literally, it paid my bills and got me through, through the week and that was it. But, um, Life of then, the DJ, the, the glitz Sorry, it wasn't, it wasn't 2020 when I first met it, it was 2021 because then... We still did it in 2020 when COVID happened. It was a really, there wasn't, it was much smaller. Yeah, it was scale, much it? smaller one. It's like when I saw the videos of it, it's like I thought I could have gone this year because that was the point when Cheeky was earning enough for me to get by with mm. everything else. Right, so it's like, I just thought, you know what, when next year, I don't care. I, I don't care what it's like, I'm going next year. Right, so I booked to go on for the holiday in 2021, but then a lot of the DJs couldn't go. Mm. And because I keep all my USBs on the house keys, it's like I had my tunes with it. So when Billy Bunter, who runs it, was like asking, 
people like Ryan and Natalie, like, do you know anybody who can play this sort of music? They just send him straight, straight to me. I ended up playing, like, seven sets there in a week. <laughs> and they even did actually say, well, I said, you've come and made the most of his holiday. So it's like, when I booked again to go for holiday next year, they sent me my deposit back. I said, you put, send you... We, I already know you're playing. Yeah. So that's good. That's this is good. like the second year in a row when I've been officially booked. So what do, you, <laughs> what do you reckon of them? I think they're quite, they're really good holidays. Them like we, I went to 2018, the Unity. Did you? Yeah, and it was really it's, it's it's very um it's very relaxed, isn't it? It's not like a mad holiday. It, it's a, it's sweet. It's how our clubbing holiday should be because yeah. it's like you go for like seven days. But, but you can pick and choose what you do. Yeah. It's like you can go and have a full-on, like, seven-day bender if you want. Yeah. Right, but you don't have to. You don't feel any pressure to do that like you do at other sort of clubbing holidays where it's like you've got all your mates with you, like, egging you on and things. Mm. Right, so it's like you can pick and choose what you do because we've got every genre of music that you could want at those sort of events. It's like we do, like... 80s night and things like that. Was, so, yeah, 80s yeah. night was the best night I they, went they, there. They are the 80s it's night. It's so fucking night. good. Because it's like, they, they still have like proper DJs like like Rob Tissera and Mark Ecstasy playing like yeah. that sort of music. And it's really interesting because you get to hear them play stuff you're never going to get to hear at most of the events you go to. Uh, right. One of the memories that stick out in my mind of the 2018 one is uh, Mark Ecstasy did a spin back and... The, and um, you don't see that in clubs yeah. anymore, do you really? <laughs> yeah. Spin back and then played it on the drop again and everyone went mental for this like proper, like nice 80s electronics. Was doing these like dr drum and bass sets and stuff like that? No, this was at like, the 80s, like this one. I think. All right, yeah, yeah. okay. Um, yeah, um, he did some drum and bass bits. Um, the Jungle Nights were really, really good, yeah, surprisingly. I, I actually found that, because I've always liked the, the sort of like 90s jungle stuff. Yeah. I've always been really into that. But it's like I've never been into like going clubbing to it. Yeah. And when I went that time in 2021, I got right into it again. I can't dance to it for shit. Yeah. And it's like the people did like point out, I said, you've got no rhythm at all to this sort of stuff. I just like, I don't care all of it. <laughs> it's like, and I got bang into it again. It's like, I ended up going, going to my dad's house because um, he's got, like, all my crates of CDs and stuff. And I, yeah. I used to buy loads, like, Urban Takeover, like, yeah. tracks and stuff like that back then. Right, so it's like, I ended up going to my dad's house when I got over, like, ripping all my CDs. Class, <laughs> right, because some of the tracks, it's like, I can't find them anywhere anymore. I Honestly, I went there. Um, the year I went, I think it was still sort of in its infancy. Like, the... There was no bounce or anything like that. There was there wasn't any hard house either. It the, was um, first year they did it. I think it was twenty seventeen. Right. It's like I think twenty nineteen was the biggest one, but up until that point, and then obviously yeah, yeah, it yeah. quietened down again because of COVID. Right, but um, there's loads of people going again this year. That that's know, good. So, um, it's gonna be a busy one, I think. <laughs> well, when when I went, honestly, there was like they had the happy hardcore nights. They yeah. were phenomenal. Um, they had the the jungle. They yeah. had um, a, they had eighties eighties house night. Yeah, and it was so good. Um, you literally get everything there. That's what yeah. I like about it because it's like it's all the sort of music that I like in one place for for a full week. Did you just go to the venue where you get on the bus and you go to? It's like it's oh, the, the one up in the mountains. Yeah, that was yeah. really good. That we one we went there. Um, I, I think the first year we we went there because um, obviously twenty twenty. There were still a lot of restrictions over in Greece. It's like yeah. when when they sort of started easing off over in the UK, 
it's like we're still quite strict everywhere else. It's like in a lot of the bars and things like that, if the police drove around, you literally had to cut the music off and go sit down and pretend you weren't dancing. <laughs> <laughs> right? So it's like, it's, it's like we're just getting somebody like blowing a whistle and we just got music off and go hide in the corner. <laughs> uh, so it's like because people kind of get into retail, like, it was like playing musical chairs sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> right? But did a couple of nights up at that restaurant in the mountains and those were really good. Yeah, I enjoyed them. Yeah. yeah. Um, when my missus, me and my missus went, I must have been, I think I was about 21, 22 at the time. All right. And um, we were the youngest there by... Uh, Quite a lot. <laughs> I, I'd say about 20 years. About yeah. The youngest, but other than us, was about, about 40 that we come across anyways. Yeah, but I, I bet a few like, jungle ends would have been, been quite young as well. But even... You know what I've always said as well? It's like when you go to events like that where it's the old crowd but they're still into like mm. going clubbing and things like that have you noticed how much younger they look than people than people you know of the same age yeah they're still getting into the yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's but, like you don't actually feel as it's, it's like young as what you are around those sort of people because it's actually been they still come across as young younger than what they are yeah not in an immature way it's just like they look younger because they're, they're, the, uh, they're active and they yeah. Yeah, honestly, I was going to the uh, the hardcore nights. Hardcore's obviously the fourth on the floor yeah. type stuff. And every tr- drop that was coming in, they were like, like a 20-year-old would be. Yeah. yeah. Like the dance. I know with Jungle, it's a bit more sway sort of dancing, I should say. Yeah. But like, I remember when uh, Scott Brown was on and he was playing Scott Brown sort of yeah. mid-2000s sort of the euphoric stuff. Yeah. And um, he... <clears throat> he uh, he was dropping them them tunes and obviously they're quite energetic and as I said, there's 50 plus year olds and they're all absolutely going for it and I'm like, yes. I enjoyed I, it so much being the youngest as well because I don't know, I just felt... I, I, I love going to like, a lot of these, these events like that because, yeah, you might be the youngest person there but nobody makes you feel like that. Mm. It's like, if you... If you're kind of hyper aware of how old you are at an event like that, or as like Reju, for example, that's mm. a really good one. It's like if you that's a you probably if it's like you kind of I feel like the youngest person in here. It's like yeah, but they're not looking at you like going you're the youngest person in it. Oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, I felt really welcomed. It was like like I said when I said it. Yeah. I was in his infancy. I was getting at the point of. Um, a lot of people it was like a lot of, it was like a family type thing where it's like you come and yeah come it, and get in like, join in got, it really got that sort of vibe to it because it's like the first year i went it's like the only people i knew who really going were ryan natalie a handful of other people mm. but most of the people there didn't know mm-hmm. and when i was there it was like i, I was just getting on with everybody and so you you didn't feel like people go who are you or anything yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. everyone was like really welcoming and it's like, and people got involved with people that didn't know. It's like, I ended up getting right into, into all the jungle stuff and getting to know those guys. <laughs> it's like the, day, the days when I was like, covering for other DJ that first time I went, it's like people co- coming and talking to me, like, like they knew me. So. Yeah, that, that's that. Because so, it's like, at the time I kind of felt a bit like, when I was playing on the first day that I played, because they asked me to play at Funky House, um... I just thought, everyone's going to work here, who's this? It's like, <laughs> but it wasn't like that at all. Yeah. You mentioned Rejuve there. Mm. Um, you are a, like a diehard follower of it, aren't you? you it is the best event in the country. Do you think so? I've, I've ne- said, never been, so... I've said this, right, pretty much since I started going, because I think it's eight years straight I've been going. It's been going 11 years now. 
And the first one I went to, it's like, I, I'd heard a lot about it anyway, but it, it, I know when it first started, it was actually quite small. They had, I think they had it at Mint Club in Leeds. Right. And then obviously it moved to Beaverworks. And over the years, it's kind of grown, big, grown bigger and bigger. It's now expanded into six rooms of Beaverworks. Right. <laughs> and just started doing like the, the odd day party, like in the middle of summer. And it's like, again, that's another event that's got everything you want in one building. Yeah. Because we have an Italian room. Which which you obviously get a load of people on sort of Burnley and that going, yeah, and you and you get people like Keith Capstick and that going. The thing down. is as well, like the the yeah. Italian room, it's got really good Italian DJs in, yeah. like really good. Like as Keith Keith's a good example. Yeah. They get they, it's like I don't know how much Sai who runs it actually knows about all his specific genre music because I know he's mainly like the old school house stuff, right, right, but. He knows which DJs to get on. I know a lot of that's down to his business, Suzanne, because she's into a bit of everything. Yeah. And he's like, it was her who was like pushing him to get me on for years. Because right. uh, he was telling me for years, I'm going to make sure you get on at some point. And I'm always like, when people come to me like that about events, that say, oh, I'm, I'm going to book you at some point. I'm just like, well, don't keep telling me that. Just book me. Right. <laughs> just, hey, I've done the wait. same thing to you. Like, yeah. You've been coming up here for a couple of years now. It's just finding the right time. Like, for instance, we, we were talking about it and you're like, mm. oh, I can't have got Rejuve that night. Like, you yeah. remember me saying about it and I was like, okay. And he's like, I haven't missed one in X amount of years. And I was like, oh, well. Okay, yeah. well, well, the this thing is like, I, it got to a point where I went, that would have been like two or three times. I think the second or the third one I went to, um, I was meant to be playing at Void at like seven o'clock in the morning so I had to leave early. Yeah. And it was like, when I was leaving, I was just like, oh, I can't be asked to go in this. Because it's like, yeah, I still wanted to do my gig, but I was like, I'd rather be here. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was like, I decided that after that, I thought, you know what, I'm, if I'm going to Reju, then that's it. I'm, I'm putting that weekend aside for Reju. Except, except, except Pia. Except Pia, because a couple of weeks ago, we'll just be talking about off board. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, it was uh, Wigan Pia's 30. First, thirty second birthday. Sorry, yeah. Um, and they had a, a hard house classic room, didn't they? Or what? It, it was like back to the night, as I could be called it. But they wanted um, obviously Whitby was playing. Then they yeah. wanted somebody. Else. I think originally we asked Amber because I remember speaking to Amber saying that I couldn't go to Rejuve with her because she was booked for Rejuve, hmm. and that was like the first time she was playing so that was the other reason i really wanted to go especially with everything that's been going on that you've probably seen online and mm. um, so i kind of wanted to make sure i was there for a bit more than anything but then it's just a little so i'm really sorry i've been asked to play at pier and i can't turn it down <laughs> <laughs> and she was like oh they asked me and i told her i couldn't play so i just thought i'd, I'd I did actually think to myself, I'd probably ask somebody else before because they asked me quite short notice, really. Yeah. Right, but um, that night I was just like, oh, God, you're making me choose between a gig two I really want to do. Yeah, yeah, two amazing gigs. An, an, an amazing gig or an amazing night out. Yeah. And to be fair, I did actually get to read you for the last hour and a half. Yeah, absolute hero, same <laughs> day as well. Yeah, J James Valentine is a legend because it's like he was the only other person who could have took me because all the people who were local to me who I could have asked and would probably have taken me to Peter was yeah. just like, yeah, we're all at Regis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's like, I, I was trying, I even said to Ben when he asked me, said, look, let me find a driver first and I'll come back to you before the end of the day. Yeah. And I was trying to think who, I could ask. I think I asked Rick James as well. It's like, he, he was saying where I got Regis as well. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay. And then I just thought, even though James lives in Prescott, like 50 miles away from me, yeah. I just thought, you know what, I'll ask him. Because at least I know I can get to him 
so he can he's not driving up to come and get me already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he he, he was like, "Oh, I'll see what I'm doing that day." And then he come back to me. They already said, look, you need to take that gig. So just take the gig and we'll sort it out near River Time. That's good. That's and good. Two days. He, he came through for me and he did. And he actually had a really good night there. He was saying, he was saying this is like, like clubbing out it used to be because the peer events are they're always brilliant. Yeah. They're always sold out. Yeah, obviously it's the bounce crowd. Even if you don't like, but even if you don't like that sort of music anymore, it's like you can still enjoy it. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Every Beach ID event I've been to, it's like, They'll play stuff that I really don't like, and I'm just like, but I'm getting into it because everyone else is. It <laughs> is. It's, it's, it's infectious, isn't it? Yeah, because they, they've got the sort of crowd. It's like, I will always say this, the, that crowd, to the bounds crowd, is like, you won't get a better atmosphere than that to play to. So it's like, when the aspect of play for it was like, yeah, uh, I, as much as I really want to go to Rejuve, I need to do this gig because it was like the first time I'd asked me to play for one of the peer events as well and we're asking you to play the sort of stuff that i know I, I could make work there yeah so it's like um was it last year the year before we went to i went to uh wonderland wonderland yeah right and th like i'll be honest i wasn't a fan of a lot of the tunes that were being played yeah. but when me, I, I, me and you were standing having a crack it's, it's yeah. quite infectious to get into it because you just see you're in this barn with x about 100 people yeah going mental and they're all bang up for it they're all tuned in and that yeah so exactly it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's like it's, vibe. That, that sort of crowd that's, that's exactly what you want yeah like, especially when they've got the opportunity to play for i've played for btid a couple of times at pier on beer oh we'll just have to cut that bit out <laughs> <laughs> no right, where were we <laughs> <laughs> no it's all right um but we were, we're talking about peer and that like yeah. that so there was it was would you start to bucket list one to tick off because that was probably the best gig i've had since the clubs reopened again yeah and it's like big i'd played for him what four times at peer on the pier before now and it's like yeah. and the time when i played in 2018 when i basically got asked to cover for whitney mm. because he was gonna have to play earlier so he could go to frantic mm. um he asked me to cover his set and I, I remember i got a phone call off ben like that week because obviously they're quite we want to make sure the right music's getting played and stuff yeah, like yeah, that yeah, yeah. they're quite big on that and it's like he, he was just saying you know what sort of stuff we want don't you i'm just like yes i've been doing this god knows how many years and he's like okay he kind of got halfway through the phone because i don't know what i'm asking you for this for and so i just went and played his age and i was on after bk and i think amber was on after me yeah and it's like bk was playing quite a lot of like tom berry kind of stuff we played a lot of joe Lombard's tracks as well yeah, yeah. And I just went on. The first tune I played was um, "Till Tears Do Us Part," right. <laughs> which um, the Flash Harry makes. I've never played that tune out for God knows how many years. There's literally no need for a DJ like me to play it anywhere. But I just thought it's a peer crowd. Yeah, it's a peer crowd, and, and nobody else has played it. Believe it or not. So I was like, yeah, I played that, and, and within like two or three tunes, I was like, yeah, I'm all right with this. What's the best mix? The um, best mix is the Flash Harry mix. Flash Harry mix. Because the thing is, it's like all the others have copied that track. They've copied that the mix, style but, of it, yeah, but yeah, yeah. to be fair, the the point of that track to me, more than anything, is that big breakdown with the uh, the drums in it. It's like that's amazing, and then you got the key change at the end. Yeah, right. That's the point of that tune. So it's like <laughs> every other mix has tried to copy that and not done because they've left out the, the key bits that made that so good in the first place. So it's yeah, like, it, yeah. 
That's After good. that, I would say it's probably the Locks and Lee Green mix, but... Right, I, I'm not sure if... I, oh, I think, no, I've heard that one, yeah. Did that come out, like, 2014? I don't think it ever got officially released. On, it might have been on the album. Yeah. They did revolve with, like, if we did that whole album, there were, like, 40 different mixes on it. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and they sold loads of copies of that as well. I think <laughs> they're aware of what they've they, done. They, they, yeah, they yeah, were yeah. quite aware of what they were doing. Oh, they had, like, the Ice Cream Man remix and stuff on it as well. Yeah. <laughs> and, um... But Locks and Lee Green, when I actually remember, that was when I really got to know Lee Green years mm. ago. And it's like, he actually sent me a copy of it to play out. And it's like, at the time, it's like, that was the best one I'd heard since yeah, the yeah. Harry one. So it's like, I played that out quite a lot back in like 2006 when I got it. But uh, uh, once it got to like 2008, 2009, it's like, nobody needs to hear this tune again. <laughs> the only people who could get away with playing that tune was anyways. Especially yeah. at a hard house night, nobody else needs to play that. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like there's people who hate that tune will, who will happily say it's like when the Tidy Boys play it, I like it. <laughs> so for right now, right, for instance, I know this is it's not off subject because it, it, we're obviously talking about like hard house and bounce at the same mm. time, but what, what are you getting more gigs of at the mini? Like, Ooh. what, 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 because I always see you float in between the hard house and then float between the bounce stuff and that as well. But what, what's, what sort of, um, I couldn't really say. I think I'm probably getting booked by more bounce people again. Yeah. But it's it's like I've I've always like played both both things. Like obviously, I can't play a lot of the harder stuff at a bounce night. But yeah. It's like, but I can still play some bang some quite banging stuff. Yeah. And that's always been what I set out to do anyway. It's like I want to be able to go play stuff to a crowd that I think so don't like something because. Especially with, it's exciting, the, isn't it? especially with the hard house crowd, it's like a lot of them used to really hate bounce. Well, mainly the donk stuff. Yeah. Right. But it's like, I've had people come up to me at events where they said, when you play that sort of stuff, I really like it because you're not playing all the really silly stuff. You're playing like tunes that are just nice and bouncy. Yeah. And it's like, even when I played at Pier on the Pier last year, I think obviously it was meant to be the hard house stage or the hard dance stage. And it's like, Pete Daly and Gary Knottick were on before me. Yeah. And they were playing a lot of old Scouse stuff. And it's like, Martin um, came to said, please play harder music than this. And it's like, yeah, it's all right. I'll be fine. <laughs> but it's like, even then I still played a lot of the sort of the, the bounce mixes of hard house tunes, like yeah, yeah, um, yeah. inspiration and things like that. But it's it, like, they're not donk tracks. So it's like, the, you don't actually notice yeah. that they're quite bouncy versions. I think there's a, there's a, there's a, uh, this, this probably get a lot of hate for people who watch this, but I think there's a, there's a little pocket now that's becoming so, um, concentrated in the scene where it's like, this donk is becoming, it's like, like, so for instance, if I put a tune out and it hasn't got that, like, the rubber donk, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not it's not getting the attention from that little little concentrated crowd. Um, do you know where I'm coming from? I kind of know what you mean. As I said, I don't think there's... That used to be a big problem definitely about 15 years ago. That was yeah. why it died, really, I think, at that point, because it was like all the, all the tracks that were getting noticed were just like playing donk tracks. Yeah. But it's like... I think these days, more than anything, it's actually just like who you are as well and how well known you are mm. right so it's like obviously we, i said this before is because the bouncy is concentrated in the northwest yeah it's like a lot of those people know each other so they're the sort of people who are getting attention but also i know that people are trying to like make the tunes a bit more tiktoky because there's certain stuff that works really well for like getting 
traction. You're getting the, traction yeah, yeah. on TikTok, and it's like, which is kind of the whole thing that kills music, really. Yeah, it's like because even a lot of the trans producers started doing like, I've like they've been they've all been kicking off a lot of the trans people because they're saying, oh, it's, it's just where it's gonna be now. You're they're all just making nineties donk remixes. It's just like. Yeah, but they're literally doing it for TikTok. We're not doing it because we even like that sort of music. We're doing it to get followers. Yeah. And that's all it is. And it's because we've seen like people like Billy Gillis and David Rust and Ben Nicky playing yeah, is, like yeah. the odd bounce set. But that's because they play to a more club landed crowd sometimes, especially like um where is it billy gillis is irish isn't he yeah so they're, they're the very scene. much they're like whitehaven they're yeah. still stuck in on 2006 do you know what i mean it's, it's like it's a big like club landy scene it's like it's kind of like scotland it's yeah. like, it's like it's all the gbx, GBX. yeah which is basically <laughs> club land well that, that's 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 what it is so i've got a lot of family from up, from up in scotland and yeah. um and they were saying are you still playing that, that sound music i was like yeah 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 and then um he goes i fucking love gbx tunes me I was like, what? It's like, GBX tunes, that's what you play, isn't it? Well, it's like St. Pierre tunes. Yeah, yeah, I like... know, but like, obviously, <laughs> the, but that, 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 that style of music up there is just known as our oh, GBX tunes. Yeah, but it's like, the it's daft amazing. thing is, well, it's like, I send, because what I started doing with the Cheeky Tracks Pro is I started booting a lot of DJs off it, because a lot of the DJs get getting tracks but not really giving me any feedback on them, but then they're playing them out to like yeah. 50 people. But then there's all these YouTube channels that are run by kids yeah. who are just putting videos on on there and getting like fifty thousand plays in four hours. Yeah. And it's like and I'd seen them put some of our tracks and some of them were putting the hard house tracks on like a channel like Scottish Dance Anthems or something like that. Yeah. And I'm on that I as well, thought, by I, the way. I, I, I just thought <laughs> you know what I just thought you know what, you could have all our tracks if that's what you're gonna do. Cause that's that's where monetizing yeah. That's where money is. Like I can honestly say this, at this point, seventy percent of the royalties that we get are from YouTube. Yeah. And and it's like when that's but when that's keeping me off the dull, basically, <laughs> it's, it's now my main job. Honestly, it's like, it's like the, there's, a, there's a couple of, there's like, uh, there's one called All Right, do you know, like... Oh, the, All Right. Yeah, 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 and then there's a, um, The Bounce House or something like that, I don't know what it's called. And honestly, it, like, it's surprising that these little YouTube channels, I don't know what, how they're doing it or what they're doing, but like they'll upload a tune and it, it's your tune. Yeah. So I'll, I'll get a couple of hundred views in a few hours, right? They're getting like 5,000 views in, 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 within a day. Because the thing with YouTube is, especially if they've been running those ch channels a while, yeah. right, then, because what they've kind of done with YouTube over the years is rather than actually just like making like the site better in general, they've just added layers and layers of things that, that yeah. suppress your views and also, it's like at this point now, if, you, if you're running a YouTube channel, you need to kind of like go on Fiverr and start paying for people to what? What's the um, SEO? SEO. You've got yeah. to pay search engine optimization. You've got to start paying for stuff like that because it, you can't work it out for yourself. You need someone who knows what they're doing. And because they do a lot of things on YouTube where it's like, say, if you use hashtags, it's like they decide whether you're using the right hashtags. And if they are, if they think you're using ones that aren't associated with your video, then they will suppress your video. Yeah. Right. But it's, so it's like some of these channels I know have been running like a good few years. So they've built up a following from there. It's like the Bound 7 channel. Yeah. It's like that had most of its following from before it became a thing again. Yeah. Right. So they used the channel and then obviously took advantage of the fact it already had an audience. So a lot of these YouTube channels that have got a big audience have been going a long time and they've started at a time when it's easy to get 
found on YouTube. Yeah. And because they're putting other people's tracks up that are popular, people are searching for them tracks and finding their videos. Yeah. Honestly, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, I think there's a, it's a, YouTube itself's got its own community of like creators and it's all proper cut through it. Like I've yeah. come across it, like obviously doing this podcast, it does, it do it does do all right. Um, but I'll get another podcasters, um, who's nothing to do with the music or like that. Like inboxing me saying, "Listen, you push my podcast, podcast, and I'll push yours," sort of thing, and it's like, and if you don't, they, they do become cut through. Like I'm getting these people. There's like one from Nashville of all places. He's messaging me saying, "Listen, uh, you've got a UK audience. I've got an American audience. Let's let's sort of do something together." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. Well, so what do you want to do?" And he's like, "Oh no. Well, what we'll do is we'll just we'll just sort of push each other's channels." And I'm like, "That's not doing something together." But it's just that's an example of what I'm getting at. Yeah, it's, I think with YouTube thing a lot of the time as well, it's like you just you just have to get on with doing your own thing these days because yeah. it's like if you're doing something good, people find it. Yeah. And obviously that's what happened with, with your podcast. It's like you've been trying to do something like that's worthwhile for years and yeah. then you've done this and then all of a sudden it's like it's got quite big quite quickly. Yeah. Right, so for, for what, it, what it is, it's got quite popular quite quickly. I've seen yeah. people who wouldn't have normally like paid any attention to you before actually sharing your videos and things yeah, like that going on exactly how great it is right yeah. so it's like you're getting noticed by the right people by doing it so it's just do your own thing it is <laughs> I, I, it's took me a long time to realize it. i don't mind talking about it on camera as well like i've i've tried all tried to do all sorts of stuff i did yeah. start a podcast back in 2015 and it was just an audio only podcast it yeah. did a couple of episodes it done all right but it, it just wasn't the right time and it wasn't the right no, not the right time the thing but... is well is that you've also done this at the hardest time to do a podcast because now now it's like the market for that sort of thing saturated it's like yeah. do you remember if you, about sort of 10 years ago when you started getting all these we get branded like alt right now and stuff like that but people like lauren southern and milo going and in going to like feminist protests and like doing like anti-feminist video waving time waving time saying there's no such thing as rape culture and stuff like that it's like loads of people are doing that sort of thing now it's yeah. like but they're not getting intense because they were the first to do it they're ones who got the attention for it so yeah now it's like when the people are doing podcasts now it's really hard for them to get noticed yeah i know exactly what you mean and it's like i don't i did actually watch something a while back where um we're on about like how many podcasts fail and they did talk about i think it was like 98 percent of podcasts don't reach 20 episodes i've seen that yeah, yeah chris yeah. williamson um it well it was on something on youtube and all yeah. that yeah <laughs> but it was like um yeah 98 percent of uh, all all podcasts don't get past episode 20 because yeah. they think that it's gonna work and then when they don't get the attention they think that they deserve they yeah. fuck it off it's consistency is key as well like i've i i'm not gonna lie to you i struggle to do an episode every week because guests let you down um it's i always do my part i always make sure i'm available for a day to record i always make sure that i've got everything i need to do it i'll travel as far as i need to to do it but obviously you can't you can't control everything well this is the thing where when i when i started doing mine obviously it's a music one yeah right but it's like when i started doing mine it was like very four points when i was really struggling to do it yeah because obviously you need to make sure it's done at a certain time consistency again yeah. right but you need to make sure it's done at a certain time and when you do it, when you put that sort of pressure on yourself it's like there's points where you feel like you can't do it yeah and then it's like you'll find you'll find your feet with it and get it done but 
especially the first year I did it, because obviously a lot happened that year. My brother died. There was COVID still going on. But basically, I caught COVID, and then my parents caught it, and both ended up in hospital for weeks. Oh, and then there was loads of other stuff going on. It's like I remember. It's like I think it's like after like five episodes just turned me moaning quite a lot of them yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like I did actually say so I do apologise it's been late again my parents are still in hospital and stuff like that yeah. and and people people kept following it and by, by the time I got to like the end of the year with it I was actually like you know what people are still paying attention to it and yep. and even it's now it's like I still like struggle to get episodes done because a lot of the time it's like it's, you're trying to feel like obviously I do like three hours where it's like the music, it's like mm. try to fill three hours of music. By the way, I do watch it. I do. Yeah. I do. I, I I am watching every episode. Um, <laughs> no, it's you've you've got a good thing, and you do something like. I think how I've invited you back on, and yeah. this is truthful. What I want to say is you, you. I think you've got the same work ethic as me. Like if you if you enjoy something, I don't know what you're doing like for day job before, but when you've got something you're interested in, you'll graft at it, do you know what I mean? Like three hours I've of been like that, yeah. Yeah. Three hours of a show to put out every month where it's gotta be fresh and it doesn't sound repetitive and you to keep people engaged. It, it's hard work and I think I respect the fact that you, you do it because, like, you see some people the morning that they don't get a fucking booking and they put a, a one hour C D out every fucking once a year. Yeah. And it's like no wonder. Yeah, it's like that. That's what I've always kind of found. Like, whenever, I've, even in the past when I've had like normal jobs, it's like, believe it or not, I've I, I mainly did like customer service jobs. And it's like my last uh, proper job was working for what is basically the bus transport ombudsman. Mm. And I was a complaints handler. <laughs> and it's I like, and, love and, to get put through. And you know what? It was, I absolutely loved that job. <laughs> I was gutted when I got made redundant because. Mm. People who even said, how can you do a job like that? I was like, it said... You'd thrive. <laughs> people, what, what the thing is, what people don't understand is it also, tra it also trains you to manage your arguments better with people because it's like, it's like, you know when you have arguments with people online, it's like people will literally just get get outraged at you using the wrong words yeah. and things like that, especially now. And it's like, in that sort of job, you get trained to like bring people like back to your oh, level yeah, of thinking. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, so you kind of got psychology. Like, you guys, right? Basically, I got. I, I found like a really good way of, 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 of to calling people thick in a nice way. Because <laughs> like a lot it. of it, most of the time when you're working that sort of job, like complaints and or whatever, I used to work. I used to do household insurance claims before that as well. Yeah. For like five years, and obviously it's like people ring up and say, "Oh, can I claim this?" It's like, "No, you're not covered." It's like, "Why?" <laughs> and, and you had to like think of ways to like explain it to him so they got it yeah. but also say but also put it to him in like a direct way it's Lovely, like what, yeah, yeah. i remember one woman she phoned me because she wanted to claim for um i think it was a cooker broke down right and obviously it's like so a lot of people have the cookers like built into the kitchen so it's actually part of your building mm. right it's not you it's not covered by your contents insurance, basically. And she only had contents insurance. So I was arguing for it, but I just said, look, turn your house upside down. What moves? And then thought about it. And then she was like, all right, I get it now. And it's like, yeah, it said, if it moves, it's contents. If it doesn't move, it's buildings. That's it. I said, think of it that way in the future, you won't have this problem again. That's phenomenal. I like <laughs> and it. I actually, I actually got, got um, I, I 
because that was like the first couple of years I worked there, I actually won an award at work because that, that my, my boss sort of like listened into that call, you know, when the picks like call that. Yeah, yeah. She just happened to find that one. And she said that was perfect. So that is the best way to explain it to in the simplest terms. And no one's ever thought of that before. I wouldn't award for that. That's <laughs> absolutely <laughs> phenomenal behaviour, like <laughs> class. Um, so, like, we'll sort of get back onto the music and that. Mm. I, um, I wanted to talk to you about cheeky tracks a little bit. Yeah. Um, with the label, it's it's going really well. You've got sort of all covers based at the minute. Yeah. You've got like you've got the, you do the the bounce to keep the bounce happy. You do the hard house. You do you do bits hard trance and that as yeah. well. I've even noticed you do some of the slower like house bits and that as well. Like yeah. now and again. So, what what is it that you're looking for? For like any producers out there, what is it that you're looking for in a track? Um, but I've always said this. I said I'll sign it if I think it's good. Yeah, and it's like, and I like quite a lot of stuff. <laughs> right, so it would it would have to be something really sort of like not how to put it. Like look at the stuff that's on the label. It's it's basically like dance. I, I say it's like dance music. It used to be. It's like it, it's even when it's not necessarily uplifting or anything. It's still got something there to keep. It's all stuff that's made to like sort of like get you in the mood. Right, and it's like. Say somebody sends me like a side trans track, I'm not going to sign that, but I can point them in the right direction to somebody who will sign it. Yeah. And, or if it's something like quite sort of like moody, like that, depending on what sort of track it is, like some, obviously some of the hard house stuff really moody, but you can, you can be moody and aggressive without being just like miserable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, it, it, I've always said there's kind there's, a kind of like borderline with heart with a lot of the really hard house thing. stuff where it's like yeah it'll be aggressive but it's also like nice aggressive <laughs> it's also like yeah come on like, yeah, like, I like, like yeah. if it's got that sort of vibe to it then it's like then I'll sign it if it's just something that's just like really sort of like generic just, it's, yeah. not necessarily generic but if it's just something like really dark and and not really getting not really getting that sort of vibe from it then it's yeah. like then I'll, I'll say no so I couldn't really say what I would go for, but just like, look at the stuff that's on the label. If you if you can make something like that, yeah. then I'll probably sign it. So, for instance, what type of stuff are you turning down? I don't know who, but like I just want to know what type of stuff. Like, what what's been a case where you've heard a tune and you thought, "Oh, and that's not for us." Like, oh. what what's what stood? Um, I, I do get quite sent quite a few trans tracks, right? And it's like I like trans, but it's like I, the other thing with trans as well is like you kind of have to. Like be just trans, yeah. Well, yeah. no, it's like there's. I think with tra with trans people, it's kind of like boxed in itself a bit. Where it's like, if I if I sign a trans track, I like it. It probably still won't sell very much. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it's like that's one of the reasons why I've got all these like YouTube channels on the on the promo list because there's a lot of trans YouTube channels that will put some stuff on the channel yeah. if you just send them it. Right. So if it's something that I, I think could at least get a following from that, then I'll release it. Yeah. Right, but it's like I get sent quite a lot of, like, you know, sort of really um, ketty trans shoots. <laughs> That's the best way I can describe yeah, it. Yeah. The floaty ones. I get sent a lot of those. I'm just like, like psychedelic type stuff. Well, they, yeah, just just the, the floaty ones where it's like people can just like have their hands in the air for four minutes and yeah, things yeah, like yeah. that. I'll turn those sort of tracks down. Um, there's a lot of bounce stuff that I turn down, believe it or not. I get what, what is that? Is it, is it quality or is it uh, like or is it musically or what, what, what's the situation? A lot of the bounce tracks, and this I think this is just a problem with the bounce stuff in general at the mm -hmm. moment. Uh, a lot of the tracks that people are making, um, 
the very this'll do if you get me it's like you're not really it's like people have come up with a really good idea but not really made the most of it a lot of the time yeah um i'm, I'm hearing a lot of, a lot of them transparent going this could be so much better and even some of the ones that are getting released i'm just like yeah this is really good but like i think a good example actually um, and i'm gonna know it's like benjamin um can you feel it right right i really like what's there but it's like four minutes long it's like four minutes long and like obviously 30 about 32 bars at each end is the intro and outro and then you've got like and they 16 bars of a mailboard drop at either side of it and the actual tune which is the best bit which is really really good it's it's over it's over like it's like and i was listening to the kid this just needs to just expand on that bit it'll be amazing it's just like because what's there is really good but it's just like yeah this is like if, if you actually edited it down to rain in fact i think he's put a video up on youtube yeah which is basically the big bones of the tune and it's like one minute 45 right and it's like it's like don't be making your tunes like the house scene does, please. Don't do yeah. that. So, so this is actually not a bad fucking thing we can talk about here. It's um, jo, jo, John G who's on tonight. Yeah. Uh, John, jo, we I talked to John most days. Obviously, we're, we're writing stuff together at the yeah. minute. So, um, and we were talking about like we want to go in a direction where it's not not selfish, but but we want the tunes to be longer. We want like because. We like the melodies. We like bridges yeah. in a tune. Like, like, but at the same time, we don't want to copy and paste breakdowns. Like, I think that's dead boring and bland. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people do that. But it's like, to be fair, it's like sometimes that's what a track track needs, right? I think pe what it is is people aren't putting any real proper thought into how they want to do a track, especially if they're doing like a remix or a boot, like a something or a cover boot, yeah. just thinking, I want to do a version of this track. And they're not really thinking it through what they want to do with it. Yeah. Right. It's like a, a lot of the bounce tracks that are coming out that's that sort of like bootlegs or covers of old tracks, they're literally just updating the track. Sometimes that's all it needs. Other times it's like people are still playing the original. So it's like, what's the point? Yeah. You need to do something different with it. And that's the main thing I'm finding, like, because there's loads of bounce stuff coming out. And I've seen people say, oh, the stores haven't got any quality control. Of course I have. Yeah. It's like, Bounce Heaven is every releasing, like, what, 20 tunes a week? It's every Monday or something. Or every do, well, we used to do every Monday. Now we do, do Friday and Monday. There used to be six tunes a week. Yeah. And obviously we're getting sent loads of stuff. Right, so it's like they're releasing more stuff, but or what they're releasing is going to be the best of what they get sent. Yeah. Right, so it's like the it, especially when it's people like Ben, Ben T. Right, of course we've got quality control over. Yeah. It. Right, but it's like they're still in a position where because they need to release so many tunes a week, they need to make sure they've got content. Yeah. And it's like some of the tunes that release out big kid would probably would have turned down if they weren't getting so much stuff of turning down anyway yeah and it's just like oh, that's the main thing because nobody's putting any proper like critical thought into the tracks because it's re it's so annoying when you go on the side you just think you hear something you just think yeah this could be so much better my my <laughs> opinion in it is that like is is music just becoming content like yeah, yeah, I, that's actually the exact thing I've been thinking of. But a lot of like music is becoming content, like just consumable, mm -hmm. and then but it's consumable as in you, you've 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 listened to it once. It's like on yeah. to the next. 
But it's like, and, and I think, to be fair, I will say it's because I, I've had this discussion with Ben T before, actually, when right. he's, he said something like where, about some of the tracks being censored and some of the stuff I'm getting sent crap. And I'm just like, and um, I think a couple of times he said I, I, he didn't want to release something on there, but he felt like he had to. And it's like, and I just turned around and said, I'm not surprised nobody what I think that was the main thing he was asking about original music and things like yeah. that. And I said, it doesn't really help that the people who are getting the big like hits in the charts, like the dance, the dance music stuff, is all covers and bootlegs and remixes itself. Because mm. it's like Shaq moving all around. It's a bloody Kim English bootleg, yeah. and it's and it's really simple. It works. It's a great track, but it's just like, yeah, it, a few years ago, I don't think we'd have brought that out. Yeah, and and it's like people like Jax Jones and that. It's like they they started. Making some really good stuff, and that's how they became as big as what they are. They've now got a huge audience, where it's like anything they with stream is like once you're you've got to a point where you've got a huge audience that anything you release will be a hit. And then it's like the best thing you released last year was a bloody boot. It was a tech house remix of S Club Seven. Don't stop moving. <laughs> I'm just like, what the hell? It's like you could be you you could, the time it took you to do that. You could have spent making something that's actually justifies it doing well doing as well yeah, as what yeah, it's yeah. gonna do and they're not doing that so it's like i'm not surprised like everyone else like further down the line is just going well, well if they're not doing it why should we yeah <laughs> I, I think that it's i know this is like a bad analogy or or, or maybe not a, a right analogy but do you know when the brit pop got big in the like mid to late 90s yeah that wouldn't have got big in the climate of like say 2018 because it's the right time right place the in in years to come i think people's yeah. going to look back retrospectively on i this. actually i i actually um did a it was like a student radio show a few days ago where i was just asked, i was thrown in from this radio show to discuss like what i thought like streaming had done to music yeah. and i didn't realize at the time but we're mainly talking like the context of pop music and this is something I actually thought about quite a lot because you look at some of the pop music that's getting big and, right, wouldn't, if, you, if you notice how all these pop bands that everybody used to call, call crap in the 90s, mm. like Steps, Aqua, right, Busted, all, yeah. all those sort of bands which everyone like used to slate for being cheesy pop are coming back and having, like, sell-out tours, yeah. like, in this era. Yeah. I mean, I went to see Steps a couple of years ago. I'm not, I'm not as admit, We talked about this in the last podcast. Yeah, it's like, but it's like, yeah, they, that was, it was actually really, really good. Yeah. And it's like, and they, they, they did re, really well. And it's like, but they, they're bringing out albums and it's like the singles aren't doing very well. Yeah. Because they're not getting on streets. On, what people don't realise is all that music, but it did, it did well based on the fact that Radio 1 wouldn't play it. Yeah. Because they, they thought it was crap. Yeah. A lot of the lo local radio station would play it because they thought it was crap. But it's like, but, but we, the people loved it. So it was selling really well. It was yeah. always in, in the top end of the charts. Right. It's like now, because everyone's like listening to Spotify instead of the radio work yeah. and things like that. Right. The, the way we consume music, it's like, that's influenced like what gets big. It's like one yeah. thing I've, I've always said is like, when everyone goes on about how great Ed Sheeran is, it's like, he's really good at writing music that's 
easy to listen to but extremely forgettable yeah right so and i do feel it's very deliberate how he's done it because it's, oh, it's think, very clever but very if you think well clever. if you think about it it's like like i said people are listening to like spotify instead of radio what's the one thing that you used to notice about like capital and galaxies like you'd listen to it for four hours and you'd hear the same ten, 10 tunes getting repeated in different order. And yeah. he, the people used to murder about it all the time. But now you're getting all this music, it's, it's literally just content. And it's really bland and forgettable, but it's not offensive enough for you to turn it off. Yeah. Right, so it's like, I can imagine, like, when you see all these, like, there's certain songs that I've seen that have got to number one where I'm just like, why is that number one? That's so boring. Yeah. And then it's like, I've listened to it and just thought, it thought yeah, it's actually just one of those tracks that you could listen to 40 times in a day and not notice that you'd listen to it yeah, 40 times. I know exactly what you're like, And that was one of the things that I mentioned on this um, radio show the other day. I said, that's my main problem with a lot of music. It's, it's like we've lost all the things that made pop music as good as what it was in the 90s. Yeah. So, so I'm not asked to say I used to love loads of like the cheesy stuff. Right. And it's like, but it was, it worked. It did what it did and it did it well. And it's like, and that's why it was popular. Now you're getting all this other, like, music. It's, it, you don't get anyone doing anything different. You've now got loads of collaborations where it's, like, four different artists on the same track yeah. that are really popular. Right, so it's basically reaching four different audiences and maximising the Spotify plays. Uh, it's a it's, it's it's, smart thing it's, to do. It's, it's really clever, but at the same time, it's like, this is what's killing music. And yeah. everyone sings about stuff that's so... That was one of the things I mentioned. Everybody sings about stuff that's so boring. It's like... It's like, I just got paid. Big deal. I don't care. Mm-hmm. What was that driver's license song? <laughs> that was like where she, I got my driver's license last week. And what? Sing about something more. I if you sang about you losing your driver's license, that would make a better song. <laughs> right, so it's That's like... It, it's so... When I hear songs like that, I really, really proper frustrates me because I'm just like... Yeah, find something more interesting. Right, you don't get controversial music anymore. Yeah, yeah. I the, the, the most controversial thing in the last few years was obviously WAP. Wet ass pussy. Well, yeah, yeah, but it's like. But and, the thing is, you know, you've listened to that forty times in a day because if it comes on, your ears perk. No, I way. actually love that song. I, 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 <laughs> I've said this a few times, but what annoyed me about it was. Um, it is basically the modern version of like my neck, my back. Yeah. And everybody, but you, you saw the, you saw these like opinion pieces in the news about it. People, people like say this is a feminist anthem. What? But she's singing about the fact she's got a wet fanny. It's yeah. like, it's like. By it, the way, I, I love wet ass pussy. I, 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 I'm not asked. It's an absolute, not, not the song either. It, it, no, 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 I actually love the song. Like, the song, the song, great. It's just like it, it is like proper. But it is proper over the top, but it's like that's the point. Of it. it's, it's it's basically the new my net my right. Yeah, no, but yeah. and nobody was like making out that was like a feminist anthem. If we just call just call it what it is, it's a dirty song. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a dirty song that's made to be offensive, and that's it. And there's actually really good techno remix of it. So <laughs> <laughs> like with me, I remember me and Amber were like listening to like some Twitch streamer in the background. And we just heard it's like really good like hard techno remix. It come on, and we're just like, what's this? We need this. And it's like and then I found I've actually found it on Bandcamp and I sent it to Amber straight. She's been playing out loads. <laughs> um, well, we'll talk about that as well. Um, yeah, I seen you did a couple of guests in, on the demo drop with Amber D. Yeah. So, so the concept of it is give producers well bedroom producers the opportunity to sort of get the music reviewed by yeah. an active dj um on the it, scene. it's basically just amber really who does it she you send her the tracks and obviously 
She's another DJ. It's like, that's why me and her get on so like, It's because we literally like loads of different music. Yeah. And it's like, we're all so passionate about new people like coming into the scene and keeping the scene going because obviously it's like, if, if the producer around today fuck off, Mm. then there's no one to replace them, then that's yeah. it, seeing dead. Yeah. Right, so, and what it was, was an opportunity see. for them to, Amber's <laughs> been DJing a long time, she's been, I think she's been DJing just like a couple of year, years longer than me, and I've been doing it 22 years. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, right, so, and she's also managed to keep herself relevant, even when, like, she wasn't getting booked and things like that, right, mm. she's managed to keep herself relevant, so it's like, if you, if you're sending tracks to her, then, and she's got good things to say about them, you know, but, on the right track mm -hmm. but it's like she'll just go through like all the little things that you need to do and things and she'll never play a song that's deliberately done when um people send you a track that's just like crap <laughs> well there's um uh i've seen a dubstep channel uh, not dub yeah dubstep mm. it's like that that sort of whatever it is that yeah. what all the kids love and it's two young lads i think they're about 20 year old and they it's a, it's the same thing as what they, they, yeah. they do on youtube though and then they'll, they'll purposely listen to like something that's clearly just somebody starting out like they don't know anything about and they'll lay into it oh fuck they'll go into yeah, it yeah Amber will never do that so, and that yeah. was one of the things where, when I did the show with her um, I was around her house and we could said oh do you want to do the demo job we went go on then because I'm, yeah. I'm not actually be, to be honest I don't actually watch it all that often because I certainly don't watch it live because yeah. one of the things that is he's kind of a good thing about it, but also gets really irritating at times. Is you've got a lot of um, other producers in there, and some of them will literally be someone who does one style of music, and then somebody will come in play um, with something that they don't know anything about, like mm. ha like tech house or something like that, and they'll be coming in with their opinions about what they can do to make it better. I'm just like, yeah, but. You're missing the point. Is that if you do this sort of genre, it's like you, you're telling them to do things yeah. that suit your thing rather than that style of music because every style of music is different for a reason. Exactly. Right. So it's like, I, and I used to find sometimes I couldn't, I, where I would have like good input, I couldn't make myself heard. So I don't really watch it live anymore, but I do watch them all back when she puts them on YouTube. Yeah. And she gets some really good stuff sent to, sent to by people who've literally got like 10 followers on SoundCloud. And you're right in there for the yeah, well, well, it's like, <laughs> well, no, it's like, watch, well, more than anything, it's like, I know there was one guy on who was making some excellent trans tracks. And it's like, when I saw him on SoundCloud, he literally had like five followers and he'd been doing this a couple of years. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that's one thing Amber does as well. She'll always put the SoundCloud. And say, if it's hardly got any followers, she'll like, make sure you go follow them and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she'll only ever have stuff that she can actually say something good about on the show. It's like, he, she'll never have something on that's deliberately crappy and lay into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it's big, which is exactly what puts people off doing it, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, we'll be back in two minutes. All right, how are we doing? Just want to take a second of your time before we start today's episode, and I want to tell you about our Patreon. Um, Patreon is a, a tool that we use to financially support this podcast. For as little as £3 a month, you can support us and what we do. Uh, it pays towards our travel, um, our editing time, um, recording equipment, making things better, essentially, for the podcast. Um, but in return, we give you at least one bonus episode per month early access to uh, the public episodes which you're watching now so you get these a couple of days early and also as well i'll be giving away all my tracks 
on there. Um, so if you if you subscribe for three pounds a month, you might get ten pounds worth of tracks. Every track that I produce will be going on the, on on the um, Patreon page. So for as little as three pounds, you can support the cause. Um, you won't even notice it going out your bank. Sign up now at patreon.com forward slash it's time to refresh. That is patreon.com forward slash it's time to refresh. You know you're a fucking belter. Nice one. Uh, back for part two of the podcast. Um, this is the questions section. Uh, I, when we started the podcast today, I forgot to ask you, what did you have for tea last night? I had a Subway wrap. Oh, what you feeling? Uh, it was BMT. But I literally... The thing it's is, I, right. literally, I, I literally eat Subway because it, cause it's it's the, food, it's the food equivalent of what we've just been on about. It's yeah. content when you're hungry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly. It's like, I don't actually like Subway very much, but it's like I'd rather have that than a Mackey's. Yeah. It's <laughs> I think it's quite pricey now as well, to be honest. Well, the other thing is I always, I, I always get it off Uber Eats as well. It's like Uber Eats, um, if you... I think they do this thing called Uber One, mm. and they mainly got it because it knocks price off your taxes, so it keeps my tax bill down. <laughs> like, and um, but obviously it applies to like your Uber Eats account as well. It's like, and if you spend over fifteen quid, you get free delivery and they knock some of the fees off. So it's yeah. like, right, what you end up doing is you end up buying fifteen quid's worth of food because if you buy ten quid's worth of food, you've got to get a charge of fiver in fees. <laughs> right, so it's like I'll, I'll get like meat. Bowl of meatballs. A little boy. I'll get all the sides. And it's just like, it's like I'll eat it and just think, that was shit. <laughs> and yeah, also, that's... the other thing is with Uber Eats, especially like the big, the big ones like like Subway, it's like, we'll get shit wrong all the time. So it's like, <laughs> all it is is like the mystery off your order. Yeah. Like say, say if you haven't put olives on it or whatever that you've asked for, it's like, you, you'll just put a complaint and then they'll get your money back. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent, like, I, I, I do love a Subway, I do, but uh, as I say, it's just, it, it's finding convenience to have it, because it is just a, it's not a snack, but it's not a main meal, is it, do you know, do you know it, come It's just something to eat when, when you're starving, it's like <laughs> you really can't be arsed. But if I, if I, if I, if I had it on Uber Eats, by the way, Uber Eats, Uber Eats not around here. Just so oh, you know. when the, well the thing is, the, the first, the, it first came in our area during lockdown, Yeah, and... It's like that's when uh, that was one of the time when I started putting on weight because it's like then it's like I was I, I was going on Uber Eats all the time and it's like and I remember some weeks I'd spend like hundred quid on it. I, right, but I'll tell you what my favorite figures on Uber Eats: your burger, your burger is scandalously expensive and it's worth every fucking penny. <laughs> what like, do you think of Five Guys? Oh, uh, Five Guys is all right, right, but. Right, once you've had a Yerberg and nothing else compares. And it's like, in fact, I, I posted that I ordered from the other day. Oh, I've seen that, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it, was like, it was like 40 quid for, um, it, was a, it was a Wagyu um, beef, like half pounder. Mm-hmm. And I got like, I, I got like the, the, some of the chicken tenders that I do, and I got, got some fries and a drink, it was like 40 quid. Yeah. It's like, but that, it, if you had a burger from, say you'll have a burger from Mackey's and then you want another one the next day, it's like, you've got a burger from your burger, you sorted for a month. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like, it's like, it's like the people who know who, who can get them, because I don't think there's many of them about. It's like I've the, never, never heard the of The one it. near us is literally just one of those that got, you know, the sort of, um, like, takeaways that don't actually, you can't go in there and order anything, they're just there for Uber Eats. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, that's our local one, but I know someone who lives near the actual restaurant and they, they go in there all the time and said it's stupidly expensive but it's so nice it's like it's the only place you'll ever get a burger that looks like photo 
I'll have to try that, you know. I've never, never, never even they really... Do, they do a burger that has chocolate on it, and it's no, beautiful. Thanks. No, no, it's no. Got be- Bel- Belgium... No, yeah, it's actually genuinely nice. It's like chocolate sauce, but it, it works. It, 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 I believe it when I taste it. It, it does genuinely work. It's really nice. I never really had the thing of, do you know, chili jam? Chili, yeah. Someone mentioned chili jam the other day, and I was just like, oof. So then I went and I went and had it. Mm. I said the other day it was like six months ago, and I went and had it, and I was like, "Oh, this is nice. It shouldn't work, but it does." Do you know what I mean? Well, it's like sushi. It's like every, like before you've had it, it's like you're like. Mm, I was like, I was like right into it. That's true. I, I I I love it. But mm. It's like, but it's like one. To, it's one of them things that sounds disgusting until you've had it. Yeah, the one in Manchester's changed its name now. Have you seen the which one, one? The one that you that. I would. I went to. I'm sure you said. Oh, it's the best place. The, wasabi. Wasabi. Yeah. Oh, oh, is it gone? It's no. It's just new owners and they've changed it. It's like I don't know what it's called. I went and got it the other day. Still the yeah. same. Still exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. I, I, lo- I, I loved going to the actual wasabi chain one in Leeds. Mm. That, that's all. Right. But this again, like I said, one of the things that you think sounds like that Belgian beef burger. If you ever get, if you ever find yourself near a year burger, go in there and spend fifty quid. I'm gonna have to do it now. Right. Aren't I? But, but one of the burgers I do is like the burger itself is thirty quid. Yeah. And it's like <laughs> to, to be fair, it's like a lot of it's because got a twenty four carat got edible gold leaf on it. <laughs> but it's like it's like a, I remember I got a, like a decent amount of money off label work. So I decided to say, you know what, I'm treating myself to that. <laughs> Ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> But uh, I was going to say about Five Guys. Five Guys is overrated, um, in my opinion. But the milkshakes are severely underrated. Nobody rants and raves about them. But five Guys, Five Guys is kind of like Reds, I think. Right, like, no, like, no Reds, the uh, barbecue place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Reds when it was just like they had the odd one dotted about. It was really nice. I mean, it's like it's got more of them. Yeah. It's like the food started going a bit shit. Uh, like, yeah, like, they, you, you usually find that those sort of places where it's like there's five in the country once they've got another 15 it's like the food goes downhill it's like yeah. five, five guys and when i first went there wasn't that many about and then it was like now we're everywhere and not as good as it was. i only had my first five guys about two years ago i think i think i had mine like 2016 17 mm-hmm. my best mate's mum loves five guys at once. <laughs> that's all, that's it, all it, yeah, but it actually sounds like it actually sounds like the name of Port Porno, like Five Guy Cream Pie. Or yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> um, so we'll start on with the questions. Oh, we were just talking in the break, and I thought, hey, you, I told you, I said, just hold on to your thought because there's some questions here that will definitely get your your opinions out there. Oh. Um, this is from Cheryl, and it is: Is your style of music getting into the charts? Do you think? Miracle and Miss You by Oliver Tree sounds so similar to what you play. You know, a few people said that about the uh, Oliver Tree track. Mm. Um, somebody said it sounds like Kid Dynamo. <laughs> <laughs> right, and I don't think he's necessarily getting back in the chart. I think what's happening is, is because what kind of happened during lockdown was, because me and BK have had this discussion before, um, basically a lot of what you're seeing now happening, like, with music getting big yeah. is actually right. COVID, as, as I put it, like COVID didn't kill clubs, but where it did, it killed like music snobbery. Yeah. <laughs> because a lot of like the younger DJs who got on Instagram quite a lot and things like that were posting videos of themselves playing stuff that you wouldn't normally expect to hear and play. Yeah. And then it's because like, they haven't been exposed to the snobbery. Yeah. And it, also, yeah. it's like a lot of being, we were all doing like illegal raves and things like that. Like a lot of the foreign kids were, especially. Yeah. Um, like the ones in sort of like Belgium and, and places like that. Yeah. And when we were doing that, we were just playing tunes that were light. 
Yeah, yeah. And because because you could they could because it it was there. No one was it, there sticking the nose up. Yeah, no, no, nobody was there telling them what to play. It's like, it's like they weren't being asked to play because they were playing a certain style or whatever. They were just turning up and having a party. I bumped into a club owner. Um, I, um, I don't mind in fact name dropping. Uh, Johnny Donner, who owns Electric Soup. Yeah. Um, in Workington I bumped into him the other day and I says it's class what's going on at the minute because this and we, we both agreed at the, at the, of the, yeah. at the point of it's the result of lockdown where people have been able to just get experimental with like what they like rather yeah. than what they're told they're like to like yeah. so you're hearing all this stuff now and it is the direct result of people just chipping away in lockdown and what I, and what else I said I will say this has kind of gone downhill a bit since the clubs reopened Right, but what you found during lockdown was was because the producers were obviously still they still needed to make sure they put stuff out. Yeah. Right, but also it's like because people weren't going out, and right, what happened was, was people were making music a good sit and listen to at home. Yeah. Right. I wasn't was, banging club music. Which was which was brilliant at the time because it's like you got a lot more de- not just vocal tracks, but it was like bootlegs or anything. You got people actually coming up with like good ideas for like, even if it was just a cover version so we were going and finding something that was a good song that everyone yep. had forgotten about and we were making the songs the actual production more tuneful and more melodic yep. and you didn't have because the one thing that irritated me more than anything like in the, in the years before COVID happened the last few years was tracks track like um, Fisher losing it yeah. where it's literally like it got big off the back of like a video of it dropping at a festival where it's like you got like 15 seconds of it on Instagram. Yeah. And everybody's like, this track's amazing. And it's like, you listen to the full track, it's boring, it's thin. It's literally that one thing yeah. that it does that's interesting. It's a TikTok tune, isn't it's it? it? It's, yeah. The yeah, drop, it's and just the drop. Still, you're still getting people like that because obviously TikTok more than anything blew up during lockdown. Mm. Right. And you're still getting people like doing the TikTok thing. But I think people are getting wise to it because it's like one of the things. Um, what we've said about balance is like that bloody tribal church stab. Mm. It's like me and Phil were on about it. Phil Grinchley is like, like going, I'm sick of hearing that in tunes. Horrible. And, it's like, and, and the thing is, people have openly said, when I put a super status about it, there was people openly saying, yeah, but it works on TikTok. And? It's like, so it's like the, the one thing is, I think people are picking up on now is that like, they are aware that people are doing stuff like that just to get big. Yeah. Uh, and not, or, or just even, I think a couple of people even said it, said, yeah, but when you can't think of anything else, it works. It's like, well, go think of something else then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually think, actually put some time into it and think about something else. But it's like, what you, that's kind of dropped off a bit again now, the actual, a lot of the melodic tracks because people have got into going out again. And I'm finding some of the bounce people is the kind of, started making stuff that sounds good in a club again and now else yeah right but i think people think this sort of music if you want if people want it to be commercial again or mainstream again shall we say we need to actually just like make some more interesting tracks and then it'll work yeah because that was it that was um, i don't know if you saw what i posted the other day about uh what i've said earlier about a lot of bounce tracks being this will do it's mm-hmm. like that's the main thing that's because the bounce scene especially is like they're the ones who want to be want it to be popular again mm-hmm. more than anything but it's like the kind of not willing to put that extra bit of work into getting yeah. it done like, because 
At the end, yeah, you still got... I think people assume because, like, say that Bounds Project here's lied because he got signed to Sony and he's been asked to do, like, a few more tracks, I think. Mm -hmm. like, Pete, I've seen people... Oh, oh, they've sent me tracks, actually, God. And I've listened to it. So, oh, it sounds a bit like a Bounds Project. So, yeah, yeah, I did it because he got big. It was like... There's no art in that. Yeah, well, but, well, what it is, they're just telling you they did it because they thought it'd make him popular. <laughs> and it's like, and one guy sent me, sent me, it was a really good track in in that style, but it was the same time, it's like, he even said, said, oh, I did it because I thought it might get picked up because it's similar to that Bounce Project tune, but then nobody's took a notice of it. And it's like, I think people aren't realising a lot of these, because there's only been that and initiate um, yeah, yeah, yeah. just fine and said they just caught on because it was the right tune the right time so it's like a lightning in a bottle thing yeah and it's like yeah they're working because they've come along at the right time when that sort of thing got traction yeah it said somebody else doing that isn't going to get the same amount of traction so it's like if you, that's the thing people want that music to get popular again they just need to put some more thought into the tracks and make more not commercial tracks as such, but stuff that just appeals to a wide audience. Yeah. Mm. Is, is, this isn't a question that's on here, it's just a question of mine, now you've got talking about this. Right, I've been writing music recently, um, not released yet, mm. but um, I've been taking into consideration the actual musical aspect of it. Like, I've been talking with John about it, um, saying about um, we need to, we need to, we need to put more musical aspects yeah. into it. So, yeah, do you not think in the bouncing you don't hear, and hopefully this is a little nudge for someone to do it. If there's any producers watching, you don't hear key changes. You don't hear any any any. You don't hear anything. You know, what I think that is actually because I've actually picked up on this a couple of a few tracks I've been sent in mm. the past. It's like I think people just don't know how to do them, right? Because it's like when it's, um, somebody sent me a bounce mix so it was basically an old like pop song it's like one that had a key change in it mm. and when he said it, it's like it was really good but then what he'd done was it was like he was too scared to try and do something so he, so he carried the vocal on but he just had it over a flat bass and I was just like yeah you've like you I, I understand why you've done. I kind of understood why he'd done it because I know somebody's not been producing himself for very yeah. long and I just said, look, you still need to do something with that. It's like, if you're not going to do anything with it, take the vocal out yeah. completely. Just have, but, but at the end of the day, you, you're kind of missing the point if you do that. Yeah. And I just think it's that people don't know how to do them. Because a lot of people, let's face it, who are producing aren't musically trained. Yeah. Do you not think there should be some people taking the time to learn mu mu music aspect of it? Yeah. And I think, I think if anything, it's like, this is where, when I've been saying in the past when people have been moaning about people getting ghost produced stuff and things yeah. are working with engineers. That's another kind of worms in itself. It's <laughs> like that. Well, yeah, it is. But it's like what a lot of these people are missing is the fact that you you can you can be like me, for example. It's like I can play three instruments. It's like I can play keyboards. I've been playing it for God knows how many years. I can mm. still play it now. Um, I, I can play guitar. Let's let play piano. Like, I can't sit at a computer and like put a track together on a computer because to me that's not musical it's like i think people are missing the point that there's a difference between like engineering a track yeah. and writing music yeah that's what that's what me and john were getting at yeah right do you not think that right the amount of tunes that i'll say i'm going through say be part or what have you and this is more so 
with bounce, uh, maybe not as much house because house music's more stripped back. But yeah. with bounce, people use a chord progression, and it's always the same chord progressions. There's no, there's nobody doing anything different. Well, it's um, not so much tricky, right? Yeah, so the chord progression thing's always been a thing that it's like if you actually look at some, like back in the nineties, a lot of the big like trans tracks and big vocal trans tracks, especially it's like if you actually look at those tracks and then look at the chord progression, a lot of it you can just move it up and down. And it's like yeah, you don't actually notice you're listening to the same chord progression. Yeah, I, I, like, I fully understand that. Yeah. But that's because there was new there was new technology. Like like when Ferry Causton came along mm. and the the, the super saw sort of sound. Yeah. He was using simple chord progressions, but <coughs> it, was, it was a new sound. Uh, yes. When Michael Jackson came along, Michael Jackson's music, it, it had a lot of simple um, chord progressions in, but because <coughs> he was using a drum machine that where there was other bands that were using actual... It was different and it stood out. I think, I think what, what it is more than anything is people need to start using different sounds because yeah. it's like when people, especially in bands, when people, like for example, Lee Pollitt, Right, he when he's been doing a lot of his bounce slashing stuff, he still does a lot of the Melbourne drop stuff. Right, which that need that needs to die now because it's like it, everybody's doing it, and mm -hmm. it's just like and half the time it doesn't even need to be there. Like right. a lot of people have been pointing out said that said a track will sound really good, and then that'll come in, and you're just like, no, you've ruined it. Right, and, and Lee when he's done something like a proper like melodic track, like I've signed one, um, but he's produced for somebody else. And it's got like a big technical type riff in it. And that works really well with the other sounds he's got going on. So I'm just like, yeah, that's that's what we need. We need more stuff like that. Yeah. But and I've actually seen like a few producers like say, oh, well, that stuff doesn't really go down well in a club. And I just said, it would. It's just that you're not trying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's the thing. It's like, because I've, I've noticed a couple of producers who, who were making like really good melodic stuff since the clubs have opened. They're making that that generic clubby sound again mm -hmm. and then just like no like you you had the right idea before you should have just carried that on yeah it's, it's not even about the actual it's got a melody in it that people don't like it's just like if it's not working it's usually down to the fact that you're probably remixing a pop tune or something like that yeah i know exactly <laughs> where you come from but that I, I i like the the feedback you gave there mm. because I, honestly it's i feel like sometimes if if somebody just it's like I, i've been sent music and it's like i listen to it and it's like it's sometimes a little bit predictable and it's like if you just went out and experimented with a couple of different things it, like it, your ears pick up yeah. like, like do you know where i'm coming from yeah if you if you look at some of the stuff that's, that i've been signing like from the balance especially like like you get Obviously, a lot of people are going and working with people like Kenny, mm -hmm. which it, which is fine. I've got no problem with that. It's just that if you're not going in there with good ideas, you're not going to get... It's kind of like if you're going in with nothing, you'll get nothing out of it. Mm -hmm. And because that's always been how it works with, with um, engineers. It's like yeah. if you're not going in there with right ideas, it's not their fault the track's crap. Yeah. It's like if you get people like Catchy, who's doing loads of like good melodic stuff with him which is what Kenny's best at anyway yeah and not only that he's coming out with for somebody so I can't remember exactly how old he is I think he's like 23 24 right for someone that age he knows a lot about dance music yeah. he knows a lot of like really sort of obscure like German trans tracks like one of the tracks I'm releasing from him in the next couple of months is a cover I can't remember who did it originally but it's Tone Twister and that's like a really dirty like 
old like hard right. trance track from the 90s that Marquee G used to play. But yeah, so like, probably before he was born then. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's all stuff that's like from before he was born. And I signed a, he did when they did like X Cabs, Neuro and stuff like that. Right. All tunes that people have completely forgot about. Yeah. It's like he's going back and finding some really clever ideas to make like good like bouncy yeah, tracks. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that, I respect that. Um, next question, uh, or oh, you'll love this one. Uh, I, t- I talked to you about off pod. Uh, you were talking about old crisps with Ectic, and it got me feeling nostalgic. So, what's your favourite old movie? And also, what is classed as old now? And that's from Ben Richards. Nice what's one, my Ben. Favourite old movie. So we were talking about the cinemas and stuff like mm. that before that we started recording. Uh, I know you're a bit of a you, you appreciate a good movie, and I think you've got a big thing for nostalgia as well. So you're the perfect yeah. guest to ask this question. Um... Oh God! Right. If we're talking like old, old in my that's probably going back to like eighties for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So it's like films I used to like back then. It's like Breakfast Club and War Games and stuff like. <laughs> okay, right, but I was watching watching Ferris Bueller's Day Off the other day. Like right. it's like I miss films like that because the thing with that is if you actually watch it, it was. There's not really any plot to it. Oh it's just, no, there is just It's just somebody skiving off school for a day. Yeah. And it's like, but it's just a happy, it's just a nice, happy, joyful film. It's like, it's like, there's no real point to it. It's just, it's just there to make, to put you in a good mood. It's like, because the whole point of it is he's skiving off school for the day. So it's like, I'm going to make, because it's, that I've skived off like nine times and I can't, uh, I, can't, I can't like do this. I'm gonna make it count. So I'm gonna go do like all this crazy shit, like going to a post restaurant and proclaiming the sausage king of Chicago and stuff like that. Um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off is one of them movies in which, for whatever reason, the critics absolutely adored it. Like when it when it when it came around, it's yeah. like it's it should they shouldn't have, but they did. No, but like there's a good there's there's a reason to like it. That's like I say, it's yeah. just it's just a. But, feel good movies. But like, do you not think though, if you if you presented that in a boardroom to to, to Universal or, or whoever it is oh, Paramount Pictures, they'd go, "What? Oh, the oh these oh, these days you've got no chance making something like that." Yeah. And it's, and this is the daft thing. It's like because um, I, I don't know if you've seen a guy called Critical Drinker on is like on YouTube critic on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, he he's great and he's like and he gets it. Like why a lot of films are crap now. It's like it's like like all the new superhero films. It's just like they're all try to push a narrative and it's like and, and it's all like we've, we've got to cause the other thing is i know with the oscars it's like we're only allowed to like be qualified for the oscars if you've got x amount of um people coloring them yeah you've yeah. got x amount of like lgbt people in them and the thing is it's like there's been like people who are making films specifically for that audience yeah and it's like i know there was like a rom-com out a few months ago which is basically like the first like rom-com where it was a fully lgbt cast and all this it's like it died in its ass it's anyway, nobody went to see it. even the people it was in that didn't go see it yeah and it lost like it was it only cost like 40 million quid to make it only made like nine million oh i've so never see? even heard of it so that it's called bros um but it's like if you oh, watch, yeah, if yeah, you watch yeah. a trailer for it it's just like oh for god's sake <laughs> it's like it's actually the plot isn't really anything interesting it's just like you've put all this gay stuff in there for the sake of like look it's a gay movie and it's like yeah. it's like yeah but even the gays aren't interested mate. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like there's beat and it's like what was that disney film that lost a fuck ton of money before christmas it's like strange world I know you're on about yeah, that, yeah. And, and I've not seen it, but I, I read the plot summary on Wikipedia. Yeah. And it's like, when you read the plot summary, it's just like, yeah, you've literally put every sort of, like, 
political tick, messaging tick in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, he's like, he's got, he's, he's a kid. He's like, got, he, he finds out he's um, gay. Um, his parents like, I think his parents are lesbians. Like, like, like getting he's a BBC a, panel. He's got, dis- he's got a disabled dog and the goat of his planet that's suffering <laughs> from climate change. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I think some, I remember seeing one of the YouTube shows where it said, this is like the air fryer of movies. It's doing too much. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, yeah. that thing is like, nobody's making like really sort of like feel good films anymore. The last one that came out that was anything like that was Top Gun Maverick. And look how well, that was like the biggest film of last year. I didn't like it. Didn't you? No, nah, we, we sat and watched in a hotel room last week. Um, we were, we, I can't remember oh, what it were. Oh, we went to, I was in Bordeaux last week um, with Mrs. and my little lad and uh, we got late on and this movie, she's like, oh, movie's starting. I said, like, no, this isn't any movie. This is Top Gun. I, I hadn't seen it yet and I was quite excited. Do you know what, Dad? I think more than anything as well with that one is that you kind of had to go see it in cinema as well because the main thing that made it good was the fact... There what was they've hardly, done with it, yeah, yeah. Was actually, there was hardly any CGI in it. Yeah. Right, they did it like they made the original one where a lot of it was literally had to fly planes. Yeah. And so when you watch watch it, it's like, when you go see it in cinema, it makes you realise how, how much... Like Effort. CGI, action. Well, it's, it's actually the CGI that like makes films soulless because it's like you you can see on the faces, like in the films, it's like they're just they're pretending to run against a green screen and yeah, stuff. Yeah, like genuinely terrified sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, don't, they just put they just they just look like blank face where it's like you watch that at the cinema it's like you, you can see people are actually shitting themselves while they're doing all these stunts yeah there was one there was one scene and like I don't know why we were just sitting in silence my little lad had fell asleep and we're just sitting there and we're just watching it and, and it's the it's the part where I'm not going to spoil it for anyone but um, there's a there's, there's a plane crash and um he goes to run to make sure he's okay and he's standing there and he like opens his arms for a hug and then all of a sudden he just fucking decks him when he would, do you, do you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> I just burst out laughing. I was like, what the fuck? Uh, yeah, well, I, to be honest, I went to see that film pretty times. Like, I obviously probably noticed the cinema I usually go to. It looks quite cosy. <laughs> you know, you know it's, it's a proper, it's a proper old-fashioned cinema. It's literally got yeah. one screen. It's like, you don't have to piss about going in. It's like, you know where now you've got picky seat and everything. Yeah. It's like, you, do, you just literally walk in, pay tickets, like five quid in you can go see a new when we get a decent new film on there it's like you can go see it for like five quid yeah. it's like they still sell like bags of sweets like these for, for, for a quid it's like, i've gone there a few times and spent like less than a tenner right it's so, like whereas if i go to like the showcase or whatever it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's easy like 20 quid before i even started there's one that our local one it's right by the club we're, we're yeah. going to tonight uh and it's called the gatey and it's yeah. a very it's the old cinema house that's what it is and they've, they've revamped it but yeah. it's still the old cinema house it's got the curtains that open at the beginning yeah yeah we've, we've got all that and it'll be mm. this this we go to it's like it's like i love the fact that you go in it's like you get a coffee and it's like a quid but it's like you, you literally get a proper cup yeah. <laughs> it's like, right, you literally get a proper cup and just take it back at the end and uh they still have a break halfway through the film there's we come out with ice creams that's good that like, but, good. and it's like loads, i know loads of people said oh I don't like going there because there's a break in the middle. I said that's what it's the, part of the that's yeah. part of the experience. Cause it's like, it's an evening out, isn't it? Because people yeah. think to have a night out now, you need to go out and yeah, go to a pub and it's, have a drink. It's, it's really cheap, cheap to go to. It's like yeah. when and it, if they're not trying to be old school, they're just doing the thing they've always done. It's like the guy who wrote the, the guy who, um, 
his projectionist, sometimes he has to work on it. You can tell he's going deaf and it's like, it's so funny. He's like, he's thinking, you've been in God knows how many years. And we also have like an organist on like on Fridays and Saturdays. Oh, for who, God's sake. Who plays, you know, like when they just have like the music playing in the background when you're waiting for film starts, she just comes out and plays the organ. And, then like, <laughs> and during the, um, like, especially, I, I went to see West Side Story, the new one. Yeah. Um, there and it was on that night she was there and when when we had like the 10 minute intermissions like the she was literally just there play, playing like america from west side story and we all go like go on this is, this is it. <laughs> yes lass um so we'll, we'll, we'll say old movies off say top five old movies um and what is an old movie to you to me an old, an old movie to me at this point is like mainly stuff from the 80s because um I find, well, even as a kid, I couldn't, I couldn't really watch a lot of, like, 60s and 70s films. I can't either. Right. It's like, and even some, if you actually watch some of them from the 80s now, even they're getting hard to watch because of some, <laughs> the way, like, effects have improved over years. Yeah, yeah. It's good, right, it's like now, it's like, especially when the remaster films in HD as well, it's like, cause, like if, if you've seen the old Star Wars, they've got dust all over and stuff. It's like, so, I think that was probably my favourite film the oldest favourite film I've got is Star Wars. Right. I still love Star Wars. Yeah. I've still got the original VHS upstairs. I, um, I wish I still had my brother's VHSs. Right. I've <laughs> honestly you watch it back and the the C like the not CG, the 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 way the model um, yeah. the Emperor, it's it's ridiculously bad. Like but you'd obviously have, have its time. But you know what you watch you, it now, it's been remastered, it looks, it looks oh, great. when you watch it when you watch it remastered, it looks crap. Yeah. Because because that's the that was the problem with remastering old films. It's like when we're doing it, the whole point of HD is that you can see everything, <laughs> right? But they didn't have to take that into consideration in the seventies, yeah. Right, so it's like if you remaster a film from like the main thing I noticed about when I watched first watched Star Wars in four K was just like they're all dusty as hell. It's like Darth Vader's covered in dust the whole time. Yeah. And then you watch the new ones and it's like, it looks perfect. It's just like, that. they've made the old ones look ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. But they're still good films. Absolutely fantastic right, so I think uh, I think other than that, it's probably going to be War Games. Right. Like, because that, that just reminds me of being four. I've, I've, <laughs> I've loved that film ever since I was four because it's the kid who hacks into... When, yeah. when I... When I this, this, is a, this is quite good, this actually. But when I used to think of old films, I used to think 80s, 90s for yeah. me, personally. And because I've obviously been with my missus a, a while and that, uh, she she doesn't watch anything pre-2000. Like, to her, yeah. like the camera quality is it's just not worth it. Right? The only film she watched pre-2000 is Titanic because it got remastered and... Oh, but even the remastered one looks crap. Um, I thought it was I, went, I, went, I actually went to see the remastered one. It's like, because... But I remember watching it beforehand, thinking this looks really old now. It's like, mm. but it's like, but bear in mind, it's a guy who made Terminator Two. Yeah. Terminator Two still looks amazing. Yeah, right. But then that we made five years later just looks like right. It's like the bit where the ship's going, where the stern's going down. It's just like it looks so fake. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. It looks so fake because you see, it's obviously just like a computer. You can see everybody like pretending to float about in the water. It's just like oh, go away. And then when I went to watch it, I was just like, this is still because I'm ne I've never liked that film. Do you not like it now? It, I, it drags a bit, but I, I quite like it. You know why I don't like it because it's literally. Right, bear in mind again, it's a guy who made Terminator 2. Mm. It's literally a film that's designed 
it's kind of like the music thing that I was on about earlier. It's like it's designed to tug at your heartstrings. It's like it's so contrived. It's like, it's like I'll never let you go, Jack. It's like everyone's been, everyone starts crying. It's like, oh. Yeah, yeah. And I remember when I first thought, I was like, I found myself like crying. I thought, why am I crying? I know this is all the bullshit. <laughs> That's, that's the thing, it's, it's designed to do that. It's like, yeah, it, it, it's, it's a good film in that it, it does what it sets out to do, but at the same time, I can't stand films like that. I've seen someone do a, a gag saying about, um, oh, yeah, it, it, shame it sank at the end, and he goes, oh, well, we may as well not watch it now. How do you know what happens if you've been to see it? Like, I, did, I did find it funny that... <laughs> I did find it funny being on a ferry once and the film that was on at the cinema was Titanic. Yeah. And so... Wow, it's like that's a bit on the nose. I watched, um, I watched the uh, is it the oh, 370 plane? The, the oh, the uh, Malaysian the... Airlines. <laughs> I watched that on my way to Hong Kong. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and I was like, I don't, I'm not comfortable about this. Like, it's just, ugh. Well, so I think you know, I think people would actually be shocked to know what my favorite film is of all time. Go on then, Mean Girls. Mean Girls? Mm, it's not a bad show. Mean, mean, Girl, mean Girls is still fucking hilarious. <laughs> like, but it's like, it, 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 I know it's like an obviously girly film, but it's like, it's there's so many, so many one-liners in it. Yeah. But it's just like, it, it, it's like, I could, read, I could read that film off by heart. It's like, every time I watch it, it still gets me. It's like, it's, I, don't, I don't know what it is. It's just like, ever since I've first seen it, it's like, this is great. It's like, it's like when, has, you, has Mrs. Norbury ever tried to sell you ecstasy or marijuana? It's like, ecstasy tablets or marijuana? And somebody goes, what are marijuana tablets? <laughs> <laughs> it's, just like, it's just like shit like that. Yeah. I think I think mine and yours would be slightly different. So you go now, top top five nostalgic movies for you. Um, Breakfast, yeah, I would say Breakfast Club. Yep. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah, both good, by the way. Um, uh, um, war Games again. Um, yep. What else? Um, oh, Beauty and the Beast did the original Disney one. Boom! Class! Class! Uh, I can't think... And I can't think... Right, and probably The Lion King. Right, it's alright. It's, no, it's like... <clears throat> Oh, the best, the best, uh, like Disney animated movie is Beauty and the Beast. And mm. like, the nursery, so good. I know, right, like, the nursery, like, there's only one other lad I know who actually, who actually agrees with me on that one, and that's Phil Critchley. <laughs> it is so good. The original soundtrack's miles better than this new one as well. Oh, right, I, I, I like, I, I really liked the, the new one, but, right, what annoyed me was, it's like, why was you McGregor fucking Lumiere? <laughs> he can't sing either yeah it's like uh, Emma Watson can't sing either right because I don't think people realise how much felt her tune had to put on her yeah and it's like and you can hear it when you listen to it she wasn't one of them kids who did did, did, did she didn't do um, plays in theatre though did she she was she was literally famous from Harry Potter from Harry Potter and to yeah. be fair it's like she was good she, she was good in that film but she just can't sing yeah and it's like that was the main that was the main issue with that one it's like it was because so, it was also so close it was stuck so close to the original and also the musical that when something was wrong, you really noticed it. And it's like, the, it's really good, but the Be Our Guest thing, it's like with you and McGregor, I had to literally fast forward it when I, when I first watched it. I was like, I'm not dealing with that. <laughs> and and also it's like the, the Lion King remake. Oh my God, what a boring film. I didn't like it. They actually, they actually made one of my favourite Disney films, one of the most boring things ever. I watched that in Leeds, um, and it was quite a good cinema. It was um, right in Leeds City Centre. Um, 
I can't remember. Yeah. I, I, I don't know why I ended up going, but I went and it, I, I, uh, I, th- I thought the cinema was amazing, but the actual film was bollocks. Oh, it's, it's so boring. It's like, because, because of everything, it's, it's actually really pointless because it's like, we, we tried, they, we know for a fact it's obviously not live action, it's just new animation. Yeah. Right, so, so it's like, we, but we obviously tried to make it like hyper-realistic. And what they forgot was that animals don't have expressions. <laughs> right, so literally all the characters that invited, it's stuff, big stuff's happening to me. It's just like, y'all look bored. <laughs> the only good bit in it was was the um, the Lion Sleeps Tonight bit. Mm. Because they obviously made that longer than it was in the original film. I was like, yes, that's, this is Ace Sleeps. Now it's really boring again. Mark <laughs> um, Ray, top five for me. Um, my favourite movie of all time... Um, Oh no, it's not my so sorry, so so older films. I would go. I like Lockstock, Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels. I think that for me is it might not seem old to you, but it, I think it came out. When I was about I was only a couple of years old. It was like that nineteen ninety seven. Ninety seven, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they made it ninety seven, released ninety eight. Um, for me, I like um, Double Impact. Do you know Jean Claude Van Damme? Yeah, yeah. I've got such a, a fucking I've good actually movie. got um, a, 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 I've only said like a handful of people into, but basically I st- because I've got an app on on Roku where you can just watch films on Dropbox. Yeah. It's like I've got a full folder on my Dropbox which is just full of old films like yeah. that and that's one of them in there. Class film. I love it. I really do. Um, Jean-Claude Van Damme films race back in the day. Yeah. That was the best one out yeah. of them I thought as well. Um, let me see. Um, I loved Back to the Future. It got a bit weird but I liked, I did like the, the premise of it. I, I, I like, but I've always liked Back to the Future. Right, yeah. but he, but the guy, the guy who made that has actually made some amazing films in general that nobody ever talks about. Yeah, um, and uh, obviously Star Wars is a massive one for me as well. Um, I say I didn't like movies from the sixties, but I'm a massive fan. It's a bit long, but it's good. Is I, I like the good, the bad, and the ugly. Clint Eastwood. Oh, my mum loves Clint Eastwood. I, I can't watch Clint Eastwood film, but that's because my mum was obsessed with him. It's 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 really the plot is so good for its time. I I, I really do appreciate that. that when, whenever the old old like Clint Eastwood films, are, I'm just telling mum, my mum will sit and watch them even though she's seen them all that two hundred times. <laughs> oh, what I, what I should have mentioned, Greece, great. Oh, banging! Greece is amazing. Yeah, Greece is such a good like. Such a good film. You know, the thing, the, the thing with Greece as well, that would literally never get made now. No. Because no. if you actually... It's like, in fact, Pete, I think people have tried to, like, cancel Greece in the last couple of years. Because they're saying, yeah, it's just about... It's just about this, like, this lad who's, like, trying to bang his bird. And it's like... Yeah. And then... But in what she does is, like, she... Is, because she's like so boring, what does she do? She starts dressing like a like a tart uh, and yeah. smoking and stuff like that. And then, yeah, you know, it's like... But also, it's just, it's just, come on, it was like, it was the 70s. It's of its time and it was great. And I, also, really and also it's it. like, you can't take it seriously because they're meant to be at school, but all the actors are over 30. <laughs> John Travolta as well, speaking about him. Mm. Pulp Fiction. Oh, such a good film. Yeah, I like Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs, also good. Um, Pulp Fiction for me. I first saw is... Reservoir Dogs when I was like 10 and it was still illegal to get it on video in the UK. And he's like, and mum was saying, this is, mum was saying, like, it, it's really violent. I'm just like, hey, no, it's not. <laughs> Reservoir Dogs is good though. Um, I never understood the hype. I like, like I said, like The Godfather and stuff. Like, I never really understood the hype about that. That was a bit like. I think a lot of the Ponzi reviewers were like, this is amazing. And I was just like, oh, is it? 
Like, I never really got the... It's the based, well, it was based to, like, the sort of, like, pre predecessors things like Scarface and that way. Scarface like, Scar- was better? Yeah, Scar- yeah Scarface to someone like us is a better film, but it's yeah. like, I can imagine, like, The Godfather, like, if you if you were old enough to see it back then. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, that's of course. Um, Carlitos Way, that's another good good shout as well, that the um, Al Pacino movie yeah. was great. Uh, there was a, a film that, do you know when you talk about films when you grew up that you watch? Yeah. One film that takes me back to being sort of five years old is my dad showed me it when I was younger and it was um, The Scent of a Woman. Do you know Al Pacino movie? Yeah. And he puts the gun together real fast and he go and, and he, he impresses the woman <coughs> like, oh, that's that perfume. And she's like, how do you know? And, he, and he's like, he's, he's got like that touch with women, hasn't he? He's yeah. Fantastic movie. Um, little known fact about me. <laughs> We're talking about, this won't seem like an old movie to you, but to me it's an old movie. Um, Matilda, the original Matilda. Right, uh, you know, I said I watched that the other day. Uh, I know all the words to that from the beginning till the end. Right, I've I, that many you times. know, it's like I I remember like seeing that originally. It's like, and to be honest, it's like I've not I've not seen the new one, the musical yeah. one. But it's like mainly because I saw who was in it. I just thought, no, this this isn't the, the original story. It's like. Um, to be fair, the, the original film we did of it was probably one of the closest to done to his books. Because yeah. like, that was one thing I did. Like, when there was all that stuff in the news, like, like they were changing all these books. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I was a massive Roald Dahl fan when I was a kid. Because it's like, all, all his books is like, they're really dark. Yeah. It's like, I when, you actually, dark tones when you actually think about it, Matilda's a story about a kid being abused. abused yeah. It's, it's, it's and a kid being abused by, like, fucking criminal parents who yeah. didn't want to taking a notice of it the one thing that did change and feel that I didn't like it the sort of made the ending a bit nicer and everyone goes oh I'm so sorry I never understood you it's like the parents just fucked off for me original book yeah like, I love Matilda but it's like I went I did make a point of like as soon as I saw that because it's like then you started seeing like all the I think Amazon sold out of all the new the re, the most recent runs of his books because yeah. that was going to be the last ones before they changed it yeah. before they changed their mind again. I was brought up on them books, and so it's like I, yeah, I was. It's like so. What I did was I went I went and bought all, a lot of the original ones that I had, and I managed to get a lot of them for like two quid each on you on, on eBay. And it's like some some people would put the price like ninety eight quid and stuff, but you yeah. can still get them from like Oxfam on eBay for so like two quid. Right, so I did not buy a lot of them again. What's your favorite book then? Just my, my favorite not movie book. book, book. Um, mine is the Twits. The the Twits. I would probably say um, that is that of George's Marvelous Medicine. Yeah. Because that, that's another one about, it's basically about a kid trying to kill his grand. It's like, he's, he's, but he's only when I got older, I was like, wow, these books are so, it's the sort of thing, it's like, I think people don't realise about Roald Dahl, he was actually somebody who killed people at war. Hmm. And, and and he never liked like adults as a, when, when he was a kid, so it's like, he's basically made books. Revenging that, it. It's, it's like, basically, yeah. he, made, he made the sort of books that, Kids who don't like adults want to read. Yeah, like that's what I get from his, from his books. Like, but then I think I would say George Marvel's Medicine. Yeah, um, Matilda's definitely one of them. I read yeah. that book so many times because the other thing I was like the fucking brainy kid in our family. So, <laughs> right, so, so I could what relate. <laughs> right, right, no, right, 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 this thing is like right, except I had parents who actually cared and tried to send me to a good school and thing. It's like, <laughs> Right, I, I was actually the, the brainy kid in our family. Yeah. So it's like when I read when, when I um, read that book, I could actually relate to it quite a lot because she's reading all these like really sort of 
like adult books as a kid. It's like I was doing that when I was like five. I could read yeah. the paper when I was five. Yeah. <laughs> right. So and that say that and um, I can't think of any of us particularly. I liked all of them. Uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, yeah, that's a bit boring now. That's probably, that's probably one of his nicer ones, isn't it? I'm just gonna put it out there. The fucking the Johnny Depp one is so shit. That that movie that they did. Oh, the Johnny the, the Johnny Depp one. They actually the problem was they tried to make it closer to the book. Yeah, which they did. But a lot of the problem with the book was a lot of the stuff in it didn't work as a film. Yeah. So it's like when they had the young Columbus in the, in the um the original film. Would I know that there weren't the reason why there weren't many Roald Dahl films yeah. when he when he was alive was because if fucking hated Charlie and the Chocolate Factory from yeah. Willy Wonka one and it because they changed like saying stuff in it it's like obviously I don't the young Pulumpers singing different songs yeah and it's like so when they did the Johnny Depp one they tried to make it more like the book and it's just like yeah but some of it just didn't I didn't translate for me like I think Gene Wilder it's Gene Wilder isn't it yeah. the original I think he was so fucking good in the in, in the first one he's like he's he's twisted he's like yeah it's terrifying yeah. as a kid to watch, and I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I think the main things, right? That's what he's what rolled out here today, and he also hated the the original witches one as well. Yeah. For the one thing that we did, which we did do wrong, was the give it a happy ending. Yeah. Because <laughs> the book didn't have an happy ending. <clears throat> Right, we'll move on now because there'll be some people who's watched it who's watched it for music's sake and we've just went off on a tangent. Sorry. I've loved it, by the way. I've <laughs> loved it. I've loved it. Um, this we is didn't the... get enough time last time. So. <laughs> this is the flopper bop section. Yeah. So, have you been watching uh, the flopper bop? I haven't watched a couple of the recent ones because you, have, you haven't done this. Done, Very long, done, no. It's yeah. only been about, f about four weeks now, I think. Yeah. Um, so, flopper bop is, I'm just going to read you five tracks. You tell me flopper bop. And yeah. if you give me an answer in which I think you need questioned on, we'll okay. question you on it. So, this is flopper bop. Um, you can send some messages on um, our Instagram page if you've got any ideas you want us to flopper bop with, with tracks. We've had, we've got a whole list of them to get through. Um, I try and cater them to the guest. Um, so, I have went down the route of picking some out that I think is you'll like um so flopper bop with general bounce yeah here we go bk revolution flopper bop Ooh. I, bop but not one of his best i'm gonna say bop uh, yeah. i like that new version he did the new techno version though, yeah so it's really good um four strings take me away flop I'm, I'm gonna say the original is a flop as well I agree with you. Right, the, the, you know something? The, the, the vocal, the vocal sounds like a teabag advert. Right, you know, you know like those <laughs> sort of songs, like where it's like what they do with songs now. Where it, it, if it's on a, if it's on a John Lewis Christmas advert, it's a really whiny, boring vocal. Yeah, yeah it's one of them. I I like I like the remix of it. I've heard so many good remixes of it. I just don't like the original. That's that's my 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 thing. Scooter, the logical song. Bop. Bop, yes, yeah. yes, Dave. Right, I knew you'd like that. Right, Scoot, Scooter, right? I was banging them when I was like twelve, and I remember buying their album on a school trip to France. Who the fuck a Scooter? Then like, six years later, people don't realise this Scooter, right? This is the only country where they haven't sold more records than Madonna. Uh, Scooter are fantastic, by the way. I'm yeah, I, 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 I so wanted to go see them live, one of their own concert videos, because if you've seen the video of them live in Hamburg, there's like 20,000 people there. Class. 
just class. Mm. Like they they are genuine. Like some of the musicians when they play some of them riffs and that on the keyboard. Oh, it's just it's very satisfying to watch. And it's like one of the things that used to bug me is like because you could tell when people don't really know a lot because they used to go oh but they're ripping off this riff from a certain track. And yeah, they are. But they're not doing it to rip it off us, and because they're, they're like, no, it's going to pop. They're doing it. They're, do, they're doing things that they love. Yeah, you they, can they, tell as well. They're, they're doing it out of a love for the originals. Obviously, it's like because that's what when I go, well, it's not ripping them off. It's a homage. Yeah, uh, it's a tribute. Another thing as well, the, the the scooter went a bit funny um a few years ago where they started doing Melbourne stuff, and it was really shit. In my oh, opinion. The, yeah, the, I remember um, the did um. Four, four o'clock in the morning. That was the first, that was one of the first ones I heard when we were doing that sort of like electro house sound for a while. And it's like, and I heard it. And it's just like, wow, this is so not you because it was. You could it, tell that the the they weren't that into it either. It was because with the actual like style that they did, it was a very generic sort of electro sound. And also when they did that four o'clock in the morning, they got a vocalist who sounded like Adele, and it's just like no, <laughs> literally. If it's just like you've just gone for whatever's popular, you thought oh Adele's popular, we'll get something to sing it like her. Mm. Um, go on then. So, what's your favorite scooter song? Um, oh God, there's loads. I would probably say. Um, move your ass or crank it up. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, my favourites are. I've got a really nostalgic thing to weekend because I, I just remember it as a kid and yeah. that's a fantastic tune. Um, Posse, uh, I like. Oh, Posse. that's probably that's probably my um my favourite of theirs. The the, the TB mix. Mm. And oh, let me see. They've done they've done so much. That I was a massive fan of. They did um. Rebel Yell, a cover of Rebel Yell. And do you know something? It's, I liked that. <laughs> I thought it was really good. Like, it, it's worked. Not... it worked. It actually yeah. worked really well. It's yeah. like, that, cause that was the point when we started getting a... Because obviously we're huge in Germany. Mm. It's like, But like that sort of style didn't really translate well to a cut. So it's like around 1997, I remember, we started doing more like Rocky stuff. Because yeah. I, 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 I was buying their stuff for God knows how many years before we actually got big in the UK. Fantastic. And it's sure. like... and. It's like they did a couple of sort of like really sort of like fire and stuff like that. Yeah. And then I went to Germany and I bought one of their albums. I can't remember which album was it. Was it the time? It was the one after Wicked when it had out much is a fish on it. I can't remember. Yeah, that was the first track I heard heard from them out there was How Much Is A Fish. And then Call Me Manana. And it's like, I remember buying that album and sort of this out. This is, back, this is like kind of like the right level of commercial for them to be. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, next one, Darren Styles quiver. Uh, but, uh, flop. Flop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I thought you'd been like that to be fair. It's right. It's, it's, I I get why it's popular, but it just did nothing for me. I I enjoyed it. I thought it was a banger. It was I, thought, the, I genuinely thought you'd like that. You as well. know, so it was one of the, right. There's some tracks which. The, to me, the worst kind of tracks are ones that I haven't got any opinion on because I haven't got any opinion on them. It's like they're not, they're not even good. They're not even not good enough to have an opinion. No, no. Well, actually, it's not because right, I've had this discussion with technical before. Actually, it's said right when people when some people love a track and others hate it, you know you've made a good a good tune because yeah. it's getting a reaction no matter what. Yeah. If you just make it so it's like everyone's just like oh, like like then then it's then it's 
not doing anything for them and yeah. you're not getting any reaction from them and that's the worst thing you can get. Yeah. You, 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 it's not that, like... If people are talking about it, it's promotion, isn't it? Yeah, it's and it's like, and it's, it's like, I'm kind of like this with people as well. It's like, I've always said, if somebody, if, if somebody doesn't like me, it's like, I'll make them hate me. Okay, if you're not going to like me, I'll go out my way to make, make you hate me because that, then it's like I know I'm still getting under your skin, and usually I found that with like when I've done that with people, it's like I've actually ended up being really good friends with, right? But it's like it's like I've always said that. I said it's the same with music. If it, if I don't even hate it, then it's just bland and crap. Yeah, I understand that. And the last one for today, I really hope you get the right answer for this. <coughs> Bewitched Sailor V. <sighs> You know what? I'm gonna say flop because oh. because right, I, I understand why it was popular at the time. It's like to me, it's, like, it's probably the most irritating song we've done. Yeah, I know. Right, it's, it's fantastic. It's most, it's most, <laughs> right, but it's, it was going out of its way to be irritating. That's the thing. It's like so I can't knock it that, but it's like right, but like blame the best bewitch song is blame it on the weatherman right. and, and the chicane remix of it. I've not the chicane remix. Right, because right, I don't think people realise this was the point when obviously like. You had like really credible artists like getting paid a lot to remix yeah. crap song. The Chicane remix of Blame It on the Weatherman is amazing and I used <laughs> to play it out. It's like the and there was also um a Tomsky remix, which is basically just like the same guy. Hmm. A Tomsky remix of I Shall Be There is it's like it's a lovely bit of trance music. And because we've got the Irish voice as well, it's like it's so it suits trance music so well. <laughs> but it's, it's like when, the, those two two tracks are my favourite remix tracks and I will happily play those throughout the club. Yep. Excellent, mate. So I, there isn't many I disagree with other than Bewitched, of course. Bewitched is an absolute bop, just so you know. Um, right, yeah, I think it was just because it got on my nerves. It's it, like, it gets on my but, nerves. All, but also, um, it brings back memories when, when I was like 16 and I first went, you know, when we talk about Battle Frontier last yeah, time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that was one of the songs that were played on 16th birthday. It was like, oh, for God's sake. And then, like, when I went back that 10 years later, they were still playing that fucking song. And it's just like, come on. It's like, they had like a whole selection of tracks which we just played to death every single time he went. And it's like, it's come on. It's like, obviously you play these become a bit annoying party tracks. You can find more annoying party tracks than this. <laughs> so the, only, the only one they ever added to that list of annoying party tracks was, was Journey, don't stop believing. Yeah, that is an <laughs> annoying party track. Um, so I'm just going to sort of tie today up, mate. Um, I think you've be, you've had an incredible podcast once again. And do you know something? It's better than the last one. Uh, you know, we still haven't talked about a lot of the stuff I, I was I was prepared to talk about as well. Don't worry, don't worry. Like well, 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 well. Now I'm going to be back at some point. Yeah, so. you are, you are. And the, the Patreons will see that because we'll do a little bit extra in a minute. So if you're, if you're not a Patreon, go and sign up because you're about to hear some stuff that Dave wants to talk about. Um, <laughs> so go and sign up because it's only £3 a month. Guess what? Dave's a Patreon. Why not be like Dave and sign up? Because guess what? There's lots of lovely bonus content that's going to be a bit more raw and uncut and you will hear stuff on there that you won't be able to hear on normal episodes. And also, also the main thing is, is like you're funding this for ha to happen, so... Yeah, this li literally... Be my Patreon, you pay my wages. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, right, I'm not I'm just saying this, I'll tell you off the podcast, I've put so much money into this and I haven't made... 
a tenth of it back yet. Yeah. Just because I do it because I love it, and and the, the fact is, there is we've got starting to build like a nice little Patreon thing, and it's it, it pays towards fuel, play, it pays towards like editing time and production costs, and like if you look at now, the yeah. production's gone up since you were last on. Yeah. Like the production's got gone well up. Yeah. It's so, like, and that one thing I will say about it is because like, obviously I watched the podcast as it's like grown, and it's like yeah. you can see how much things have changed like in a short space of time bear in mind you're doing this every week and, yeah. you're, and you probably haven't really because one thing i was wondering is like, how are you finding the time to do this because it's like i don't Fucking even have the time hard, to do yeah. this and i do and i my job my job is basically gg yeah. track and djing i still manage to do 50 hours a week at work as well so that's what i mean it's like, it's like i know that you obviously have a full time i don't know how you manage this honestly <laughs> this is I'm so passionate about this, and it, it's so good when you get these people who are. It's not not even to do with the money. Uh, I think the people who are interacting with you saying, "I think you were wrong saying this," or "I think you were, I agree with you saying this." When you're coming in messaging me, um, a lot of people don't like to give, and we'll get onto this. A lot of people don't like to give um, public um, praise because they feel like because you're not the cool person. I know I'm not the fucking coolest person in the world. I don't think it's. I don't think it's anything to do. I think a lot of the time it's actually just because because you always get those, especially when it's something like this and it's and it's growing. Yeah. You always and you always get those people oh crawling because it's growing or something like that. It's like you get that in in music and everything. It's like people start giving you public praise and and people just like oh right oh like they'll put a comment like oh climb out yeah and it's just like that's the sort of thing that puts pe people off like doing it uh, yeah. So, exactly um but as i say i'm not looking for this to be like a money orientated thing i'll still do it regardless if we get patreons or not but what i'm saying is i want to be able to um to be able to give the people who do pay towards it reason to, to do it give them bonus content give them yeah give them something extra as a thank you do you know what i mean and to those who are signed up that uh they are such diehard followers. Like yeah. I've 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 produced music and I've been a DJ for ten plus years, yeah. and I've never had um, as much appreciation as I have doing this. I think I think this is what you're good at more than anything else. No, I mean that is that is very possible. It's like because everybody's best at something. It's like yeah. it's like I right. It, it turns out that I'm actually really good at running a label somehow. So it's yeah. Like, and, it, and, it's, and I think the other thing is because you're doing something that you're just doing doing it the way you want to do it. It's like, that, that's all I ever did be like cheeky tracks and it's ended up being my job. <laughs> and it's like, and when I've spoke to other, other DJs, like, going, what do you actually do for a living? And it's like, oh, I live for cheeky tracks. I was just like, what? <laughs> it's like even, like, even like people who work for Tiny and stuff like that, it's like, how are you managing to live for it? It's like, well, just about, but, yeah, I am. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, I'm not looking to live off this either. Mm -hmm. I'm. What my, my goal is, mm -hmm. it's just I want to give the best possible product to the, yeah. to, the to the people who are watching. And I must say that um, the one thing that I've found that it's got a bit of soul about it, this this podcast because I'm not trying to be like anyone else with my music. I mm -hmm. I hand on heart will tell you that I do copy. Um, things i like i take inspiration from here as everyone else does yeah. but this i'm not copying off what anyone's doing i'm just i'm winging this all the way and and do you know something i've got maximum comfort in, out of it as well it's like for me I'm, i don't i'm not 
putting myself up against somebody and saying this should be like this because yeah. I know I'm not Joe Rogan I know I'm not no nowhere near like that but I'm just doing uh, it my I think, way I think that's why you do well with it because it's like people are getting to see the real you and it's like that that's kind of the thing now isn't it it's like people it's why it's why you get like DJs and producers basically being content creators and doing silly videos and things yeah. because but it's like you can see the difference between somebody who's doing it just to create content and somebody's yeah. actually and say like Louis Capaldi yeah Louis Capaldi's like he's popular because he's actually just like that yeah and that's the thing absolute legend of a guy that's he, he's a bucket lister on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> nah um yeah that, like I, that's that's what I'm basically getting that like I've found something like I've be, we've talked about this off the podcast mm. I've threw a lot of shit at the wall and yeah. some of it sticks some of it doesn't yeah, but me doing this, I actually feel like it was something I was meant to do. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. That sounds really horribly philosophical. But no, I no, actually, no. I think I think it is because, like I say, it's like it's grown really quickly. They get an attention from people who you wouldn't have normally given you any before. So. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I can see what, what what you mean. But as I say, I will continue doing this until the point where I'm like, oh, I can't be asked doing that anymore. But I. I don't think it's coming anytime soon because I I, I enjoy the, the art of conversation and yeah. a lot of people are listening to this and like coming up to you in a club and going, Brad, you sh- you shit yourself at this and I'm like, what are you talking about? How, how? And then the, I seen it on the podcast and it's like, all oh, right, you do yeah. talk about shitting yourself a lot. I know, but it's one of them things where it's like, it's it's people it's people mention it. it's the first thing they say to me about the podcast and it's like. It's I don't want to be said to me today before we even started the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're not having a good day. Uh, no, yeah, but that, that's the thing. It's like, it's, it's one of them things where it's like, people get to know you on a personal level. And I said off podcast today as well, my social media game's awful. Like, really, really bad. I come across as such a two-dimensional person when I'm trying to promote my tracks, where it's like, go buy my track, blah, 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 blah. I don't, I, I don't know how to do social media, but if I can sit here and talk to you, yeah. And my personality, whether you like it or not, is another question. But uh, you, you will get my personality. It's that whole thing as well, especially with social media now. It's like you write pe- people feel like they can't be themselves. So it's like, right, I, I just don't care. Me, it's like, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm just a gob on legs, and it's like that. And when you're not it, banned, and it, well, I haven't been banned for since like since July last year. I was, I'm doing quite well so far, mm. um, but it's like I think what it is like with social social media. It's like you kind of have to watch yourself swearing and stuff like that now because you even get banned just for saying the c word. Yeah, and it's like and, and it's like who was it who got banned for something the other day? So I'm sure somebody got. Oh, that was it. I saw somebody getting. She did a video on YouTube about basically like going on about. Um, it, it was something, something she was trying to expose, like a child predator. Yeah. And then she got her account banned completely on YouTube because it, it said um, she was promoting the sexualization of children. Oh, it's just like, it's no, such but an she opposite. wasn't. She wasn't yeah. she was exposing a predator, but you're basically like shooting the messenger. Yeah, yeah. But that's the thing, is like, all this shit like puts people off doing it. So, yeah, absolutely. Anyway. Um, so, where can people find you, Dave? Um, you can find me on Facebook at DJ General Bounce. Yeah. Official. That's my DJ page. And I'm on I'm on Instagram. I've started I started a TikTok. Well, I've been my TikTok a while, but I'm actually making use of it now. Yeah. And you can find me on YouTube as well. Yeah. And uh, on the Cheeky Tracks YouTube channel. The che- yeah. And so the Cheeky Tracks have got the um, all the playlists on Spotify. 
Um, you've got the the YouTube channel and the SoundCloud page as well. Yeah. So go and check them out. There's some really good music and some talented people on there. Um, and yeah, sign up to the podcast. It's three pounds a month. Let's do this. Uh, thanks for coming on, Dave. It's no worries. Cheers, mates. See you later.